when we're mm-hmm. recording. So I may dip out quickly, but I'm only literally just going to pick it out from the door. I mean, I feel like for compensation, we should have it rerouted to each of our doors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten today. See, I literally just ate, man. I'm doing this fasting thing and it's, it's exhausting, man. It's really exhausting. Really? Huh? I want to do it and then I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. I can't lie. It's not fun. Okay. All right. Let's get cracking. Okay. Um, yep, we are recording. I am. Oh, we're not going live then. <laughs> yeah, sh- 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 shall I just route it to Facebook? Does everybody feel ready? Yeah. Are you okay? We're not, get... te- we're not telling anybody. It's like we may as well just have it for shits and giggles. Let me just see if it even works. Wait, wait, Farah has to. What do you have to do? Get. No, I just had to get any kind of branding out of the mm. way. Okay. You good? Mm. Yeah. Why are your eyebrows looking fleeky? So, am I sharing in a group? What is our page? Is it no? It's our page, isn't it? Yeah, you are. Yeah. Oh, I wish I knew. I'd put some flopping lippy on. <laughs> oh, literally, I just. Like my t-shirt though. Hey. We know. About <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> I like, used to really want that haircut, man. Yeah, me too. Seriously. I, I remember cutting that haircut and a lot of weaves. Mm. <laughs> I feel like Seriously. I had one. I, I think feel I, like I, had one. I did several. Yeah. I love that look, man. Definitely. So, so much uh, movement. Guards, your earrings are going to knock the thing, so be careful with being far and force it. Okay. okay. It All right, fine. Preparing. <laughs> I will be. I have no <laughs> earrings, but, you know, such a flash. I, I forgot to do something. I just think I look, I look plain as fuck. Oh, oh mate, it's got bare stuff. Right, what's this? Try our new designs. Uh, did you, you know the live that you did with your sister? Did it save? How did you, because I couldn't go back to it. Or I, I, did I? Because when it said your live had finished, it had finished, it had gone. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. Oh, I don't. She does I all think, of that stuff. Uh, My okay. live producer, what I does that mean? It. No, I did see it on her page. Uh, you should be the producer. Can you... Okay, I'm trying yeah. it. To go there and then just put in the name of it. What episode are we on now? 16. 16. Mad. Use stream key. Yes. To yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, done. Does anybody want to see if we are live now? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Okay. Oh, add a title. You know what, I swear this is the guy. One second, I'll be back in one second. Okay. Oh, my belly, man. What's up, is it hurting? Yeah. You want I think food? I ate too fast. Oh, what did you eat? I had, um, I had egg and beans in a wrap. That's so upsetting. <laughs> you said it with a smile, I'm actually angry now. It was delicious. It wasn't. It wasn't. It actually was it, delicious. It really actually didn't taste nice. No, it really <laughs> was. It was great, man. Egg and beans mixed together, seasoning in a seeded what was that wrap. Episode sixteen. Yes. Yeah. Pew pew pew. 
<laughs> Hello, this is Nana. I just missed your telephone. I wonder call. where I came from, you know. <laughs> this is such, it's uh-huh. so upsetting. <laughs> this auntie behavior. That is hilarious. Nothing has arrived to me. I'm home. Oh, yeah, that was it. Remembered now. Press send on your bank account money to me. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> I might need you to come back to work soon. Just let you know. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Some kind of, some kind of bosses there. Okay. Stop in. Yeah, and, and no, nothing's come here. Um, okay. All right. I, I'm getting mean, organised. Hmm? Yep. Yep. Just as I'm getting organised. Oh mate, Matthew's going. They're officially coming back. Okay. Bye bye. Next month, I think. Oh wow. Yeah. Delivery room, I'm messing up my food. Okay, I think we are live. Delivery mm-hmm. kick, messing up food. Are we live? Oh my god. So. Like, are we oh my god. Um, if somebody can oh, check no. that we are live. I'm on Facebook, well. I can't see anything. Oh, shit, I need to... Hold on. I've never even looked at our Facebook page. Oh yeah, I can see us. Oh, are we live? live? <laughs> yeah, she live, bro. But obviously there's a delay. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> this is so freaky, by the way. <laughs> I need to look at it. Wait, wait, wait. Let me see if I can find I'm it. I'm gonna um so we the just, link. We just stay in visually in our Zoom because that doesn't have a delay, yeah. So I've gone back to Zoom to look at us. I don't even follow us on Facebook. Duh. Oh, oh my gosh. It's because I don't go on Facebook. I'll do it now. <laughs> there we are. How do I get a link to it? How though? do you see that if you're live? Where is it? Wait, wait, wait. You know where this is all going out live, by the way. So yes. <laughs> oh, sugar. Oh, yeah, my shit. Timeline. Hi. How do I? I just want the link. Did you say so hi to the, uh, us? Oh <laughs> say hi to us. <laughs> you're a joker. I really, really just put it on my timeline, though. Why oh, did, did I do that? Hey. Yeah. I don't think anyone, but my mum would see it. Let me delete that. Why did you do that? Because I'm an idiot. Okay, let's. let's <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't even say that. Okay. Oh, people are watching us. Hi, guys. Hi, we're just doing our first live. It's not really testing. like proper. We're just Don't yeah, judge testing. Us for the madness. Yeah, do you know okay. what I mean? Let's go then. Hey, this is your Aunties Could Never, a podcast where you get to hear from your favorite aunties who have all the real talk with our thoughts on what's going on in the world. We'll be reminiscing about what it was like black in our day. And most importantly, we'll be helping you sort out your daily dilemmas with advice only your coolest auntie will give. I'm Auntie AK and I'm here with... I'm Auntie Farah. I'm Auntie Nana. I'm Auntie Sade. So first up, ladies. Woo! It's been another week. Um, I've got bare stories. What's been in the news? What's in the news? I've got two. I don't really know one of them, the details of it too much, but... I'll start with the good and the bad, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So the good, the good is that um, Manchester United football player, young guy, can't remember what his name is. I should really know that because I support Man United. <laughs> so he raised, I think it was like 22 million or something like that to feed kids during um, the summer holidays who normally get school dinners. And he started a campaign as well to the government saying to them that they need to continue this because there's a lot of vulnerable people. What's his name, Auntie Nana? Marcus. Rashford. There we go. So young Marcus Rashford uh, started this campaign and um, because he basically said that he grew up in a single parent family, it was very difficult for him and it meant a lot 
and they needed that kind of thing. So today the government basically said that they were going to go ahead and they U-turned their decision and they will be providing school meals during the summer holidays. Very well done. Young people are going to cuss us. <laughs> well done to you, Marcus. There's a big auntie hug coming away from us. At the same time, though, he did highlight that this is something that um, our taxpaying money should just sort out anyway. And yes, standard. It shouldn't be somebody doing this as charity. It should be what our government is doing as standard. But yeah, Definitely. well done anyway. Well for... done. So the other one I had was about the lynching, and I mean actual. Ooh. lynching that's happening in America. Yeah. So at the moment, there have been three minority people, two black guys and I think a Latino guy, that have been found hanging in Whoa. very prominent places. Yeah, and a young woman as well, pregnant. What? I didn't hear about yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's four in total so far. Oh my God. So what mm. they're trying to say is, the government and the police are saying, oh, it's suicides, when what? it quite clearly is people are being lynched. Um, I've been in a bubble, so I haven't even seen those stories. Like, I've heard about the young girl who lost her life, protester, but I didn't hear about the lynchings. That's mad. Mm. Given the current climate, they should really look into it more, but they're just yeah. not even looking into it. They're just saying, oh, well, it looks like a suicide. Are people really going to get a rope and hang themselves? In know, that way, it? in a way that it looks like a lynching. Why are they doing that? I think that's one of the worst forms of death. It really freaks me out. I don't like... Even on, in films, that's something I can't watch. Obviously, it's got the historical connotations, but aside, it's just such a horrible... I don't know what to say to this, because if they're saying it's a suicide, how coincidental that these non-white folks are killing themselves in such a historically significant way. I mean, I saw it. I think it was in the shade room. It was like definitely four people. One was a pregnant girl. It's just devastating. It's just awful. It feels like as much as I try and stay away from the conspiracy side of things, but (laughs) but it does feel like there's like some sort of like unspoken race war going on in the States. And it's just it's just heartbreaking, especially because these aren't being investigated at the moment. And it's like there's so many calls to action at the moment, like you know, we need justice for Brianna Taylor. We still need, we need to make sure that they follow through on justice with George Floyd. There's the other guy that was shot. Armand um, Aubrey. Yes. No, no, not even no. him. The, no, other, no, no. the other guy, the other guy. Yeah. And they burnt down Wendy's and stuff like, do you know what I mean? So it's just like, there's just so much trauma. There's so much pain. There's so much, it's just really overwhelming, to be honest. I couldn't really look into the details of the stories because it was just a bit too much for me. And it feels like something out of a a film. Do you know what I mean? That's set in the 1960s or 50s even. Do you know what I mean? And like, it's like the KKK is back and maybe they just wear blue this time. Well, that's standard. That's been like... Yeah, they've been around. So in like kind of the metaphysical communities, there is uh, a ritual of hanging that has been noted. So lynching on outward surfaces, it's like lynching is uh, white people lynching black people. Metaphysically, it's seen as this was actually a ritual being performed, not, not just we are going to hang black people, but the actual act of using that tool to kill black people was a ritual. And Seeing it coming back again now, it kind of aligns with this energy shift that's taking place and there being a real power struggle happening mm-hmm. and people trying to call on 
systems of old, how they've been used to, they don't want it to change and they're doing these ritualistic acts to try and keep it going. Overall though, I just think the tide is changing and as long as we keep our head focused in one direction that it's going to change, it will, it will happen and we don't go backwards. I, I think I did see that the FBI was investigating it though. I'm sure I, I think did. one I mean, of them they are. Okay. 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 But yeah, um, let's let's see how it goes. Um, I'm still hopeful that th- whatever war is taking place, it's won already, and and the victors are the people that have been oppressed in the past and are now the victors in the future. I really do think that that will come into fruition. Um, the other guy that you were talking about for is Rayshard Brooks, the one that was shot. Yeah, I started rewatching the thirteenth today, and it just again reinforces the systemic. systemic. Yeah, thank you. Practices that really were put in place, and it that documentary. I mean, there's it's one of many that really lay things on the line. But when you see the tactics that they used, let alone the spiritual and otherworldly tactics and methods and rituals that they did, just literally, there's an unspoken agreement that we have to keep these people down by any means necessary. From mm. the day they said that signing the Emancipation Proclamation and freeing all the slaves, but yet hell-bent on not letting black folks prosper in any type of way. And this is just definitely egos and their anger and frustration not being able to keep us controlled. It's, this is what it is. So they, it just seems really, really nasty and horrible and very coincidental. But even if the FBI investigate, what are they really going to return to us? How, are they actually going to say, actually, this is the truth. This is what's happening. We're not going to get the truth. I literally cannot trust law enforcement's results can't <laughs> globally there's nothing yeah. you know when we were talking on an episode before that you know we want trump to take the test the covid test or whatever at that time in front of us we know we can't any results anything they say even did boris even have covid for real it was it you know what i mean you just don't know what's true anymore boris had a holiday mm. <laughs> <laughs> i won't trust the answer however i just hope that I don't know. I don't know if anyone was going to talk about the young girl that got murdered. Uh, twin. Okay. Yeah. twin. Even the fact that it's seemingly such a random story. And then there's a black man that's been the accused. And even that, I, like, I don't want to be like, okay, obviously black people can do bad things to each other. That's fine. But also in the mix of it, you can't even be comfortable with thinking, well, actually, was this a straightforward black on black murder? Even though that's not a thing. But or was it a plant? Is this a fake story? Is this something? Is this tra- you know, you just can't trust anything anymore. I think, I think standardly we should be questioning everything, everything. that is presented to us at this moment. And all moments, actually, we should always be thinking, actually, what's the angles to this? How does it play? Am I being played? Mm. Is the family of this victim being like just literally critically thinking over everything? All right. So Black Lives Matter as the organization not the hashtag and the recent unearthing (laughs) of all of the dubious dealings with this organization so from the jump i think 2015 when most of us were really firmly behind this whole movement of black lives matter hashtag and organization together we thought this was heading in the right direction this is what we needed And I remember going onto the website and seeing there was just zero mention of the black family and black men. Yep. And then immediately being like, well, I'm removed from this. 
I have a husband and I have son. It didn't speak to me. So from then I was already like, I don't trust these guys. Then it's unearthed that they had taken money from George Soros. And we know that this man is a nefarious character. You, nobody needs to take his money, especially if you are grassroots and for the people. Now there's a new video going around. I hope you guys have seen it of a middle-aged white woman who's donated to them. And then she's done her donation and she goes through the charity that the donation goes to goes to another website and then goes through where this charity's money has been going to. Oh, wow. And basically it has funded the Democrats' election campaign. This is, she was specifically just looking at 2020. Mm. So mm. 2020, it was, I tallied up, but this was quick math that I was doing. It was probably about $270 million had gone through the... I think it was called actblue.com, this charity that Black Lives Matter are a part of this. And when you donate, it goes to this charity. They had donated to the democratic election process. So that is Bernie Sanders, the one that's running now, Joe Biden, like all Mm -hmm. of them, Elizabeth Warren, there was lots of names, but they was the main benefactors from this charity's donation. Say all of that to say, I'm not a fan of Candy Sewins. But she has alluded to this for quite a while, that various things that happen to Black people have been funded and benefited by the Democratic Party. Just putting it out there for you guys to, I'm saying that I think she was sending back signals again, but you know. I would just like to say that Candice Owens isn't the only person that says these types of things. There's a lot of people that say them and there's a lot of people that are critical of governments that say these types of things all the time. The only reason why people listen to Candice Owens is because she's a coon, basically. So (laughs) that's the only reason why she gets the headline and she gets the attention. There's no reason to take her opinion higher than anybody else's, in my view. I've heard about this as well. It makes sense if you look at it in the grand scheme of how to control a population or how to control a country, then yes, it does make a hell of a lot of sense of how you can manipulate and fire up people to think a certain way to get a certain result. Now, saying that, does the ends justify the means? Because if the result is to get rid of Trump, I don't know if I'm absolutely against that. But I I still feel like I need to know more transparency on the whole issue and how it affects us and to what degree. I, think, I don't even know if I was talking to you, Auntie AK, but I think I was saying that one time, I wonder if this whole thing is like by the Green Party. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> to get everyone to listen to the cause. Do you know what I mean? Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But they've just done this massive pinky in the brain plan and it's just gone huge or whatever kind of thing. But um, I don't know. If it gets rid of Trump, I think I'm for that. I would just say that the Democrats are not alone in that though. Something came out recently about all the companies that support black people and they have contributed a hell of a lot of money towards Trump. I think the only problem with the Black Lives Matter thing is that it's a charity and the money's supposed to be going into the community, I would assume, but it's going back into the Democratic Party. But again, they are not alone in that. And I think what does happen is people basically start saying stuff like, oh, you can't trust the Democrats, you should trust the Republicans. And for me, mm. you can't trust either no, of them. You have to. You can't trust either of them. And you have to find yourself in a place where you say, who is better? 
Like, what policies do these people have that can fit into my criteria? Because you're never going to find somebody that ticks every single box. That's just not how it's going to work in politics, here or over there. But I do think that it's interesting that all this anti-democratic stuff is coming to light when there's an election. You have to look at things both ways. I was just going to add, like, with Bernie Sanders in particular, I watch, like, The Young Turk and, like, they are anti-corrupt Democrats. And they made a point of doing this pledge that you have to have like a certain criteria in order for them to support them, etc. kind of thing. And like with Bernie Sanders, he was 100% completely transparent about his donations, like 100%. And they wouldn't have endorsed him if had that not been the case. I don't know about other people. I don't know about Elizabeth Warren, for example. I'm not too sure. There's some people that didn't, some people that didn't. So then I have question marks about those big statements to saying that, oh, it's going to them. Do you know what I mean? So who is them exactly? Because like people like Bernie Sanders, Cortez lady, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexandra. Alexandra um, something Cortez. Yes. (laughs) So forgive me. They don't take corporate donations. So it has to be from a person and there's full transparency. Mm. And that's how they win. So I just think like sometimes like, what some people are doing can be tarnished for everybody and that's not always the case. Isn't it just about ensuring that your brand isn't being manipulated and used as a political pawn when the time is necessary? So it's maybe responsibility for the Black Lives Matter organisation to also do due diligence and make sure that where their brand is associated, they're absolutely transparent about it because then it makes them look shady. It makes It then gets manipulated by opposing parties that the democrats are shady doesn't make sense that go click through click through click through and then you end up at the democrat party that's dodgy it shouldn't be that it should be we are black lives matter and part of our proceeds and funding and charitable rewards goes precisely the democratic party and that's it that's literally as simple as that there shouldn't be any mystery towards it because then that everyone's back is covered and then it can't be used against them and already there's doubt around Black Lives Matter. I remember when you, um, Nana, I think I was in agreement with you that for the people who want to see a 2.4 Black family thrive as well as all the others that Black Lives Matter encompasses, if you don't have that narrative on your site, then where does that leave us? Because then we're in that very marginalised group of being seen as, if you kind of go one way, you may be homophobic. If you go that way, you may be sexist, you're anti-Black women or something like that. So it's a, it was a bit of a weird hole that was left by the organisation. But um, yeah, I just think it's about being really clear, especially being a black organisation that's got so much public attention on them. Mm. In everything we do, that we raise our kids with, we have to be 100% more better. And I don't even care about being better. It's holding ourselves to higher standards, the standards that we appreciate and want to put on ourselves. Forget comparing ourselves to white folks. What do do we want for ourselves and how do we want to be viewed? And actually, there's nothing wrong with having your organisation clear about its intention right i think i agree with you on that it should be clearer but i just think that the republicans if we're looking at democrats versus republicans can't say anything <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> like their leader in chief is a pedo man like, do you know what i mean like his wife is probably trafficked like it, it's just insane <laughs> like there's no comparison yeah she's or she's a robot she's a you know, wife. You know she's yeah, something you know but i do think on this kind of uh, again the kind of that conspiracy edge this is how elections are won yes like it just is how elections are won so 
it might not be I think when you're that deep in politics it's dirty all the way through I just don't think it can ever be a clean fight uh, I wish I could remember the discussion I was having with some friends I think it was at the height of all the R. Kelly madness and the discussion was geniuses tend to be reprobates most geniuses have deviant ways deviant behaviors and in their deviancy they vomit forward all this genius and brilliance and excellence whether it's artwork um, someone's had to justify r kelly what, what, no 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 what? no 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 oh, yeah, no no wait 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 listen let me finish. okay cool because it so just started you mentioned it when you started talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, geniuses no no no, yeah. no wait for my point i was like saying why do we accept this narrative like, who was it, Freud? Who was an alcoholic? One of those um, prolific philosophical thinkers was an alcoholic. Other people are like drug addicts and all that type of stuff. But in their madness, out comes um, some genius, whether it's music, whether it's artwork, whether it's create whatever creative visuals or whatever that affects us in society and that we hold dear. And I was saying, well, why is it that we accept as humans that there has to be dirty behavior? So it's to your point that's saying that politics has to be dirty. Does mm. politics have to be dirty? No. Because at the end of the day, the Republicans, and the thing is, yes, there is an element of, you know, when Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. It's annoying to always have to, as black folks, also be the high because sometimes mm -hmm. you just want to fight dirty. However, if we're talking about changing the world and changing the narratives and changing how we are as human beings, then maybe we should remove the thought process that geniuses should be forgiven their bad behavior because they produce such genius stuff that makes such an impact on the world. And also we should maybe stop forgiving the fact that politics is dirty. Tell your truth and let the people make their decision. But they're so power hungry that we've fallen into this trap where it has to be dirty and backbiting. Of course, Republicans can't talk, but because of this rhetoric that it has to be dirty and there has to be all those, you know, in America, they do a lot of those smear campaigns, and which is absolutely ridiculous. So even on both sides, you know, you'll have the most worst statistics that are not even true about whichever party that you're countering or you're trying to put propaganda against. And it's like, just leave us alone, give us the truth. And let's, let us make a decision. Focus on your policies. Focus on what you're actually going to do for the people instead of all this game playing, because it's just full of games. This is what's disappointing about the world, is that we're run by a bunch of people who are still in school playing games, playing real shitty, basic games. So I think we need to move away from, one, that politics needs to be dirty. And as a side note, geniuses don't have to be fucking you know, deprobates. I can't say the fucking word. Reprobates, whatever the word. Anyway, <laughs> dirty, nasty, evil, rapist, pedophile, drunkards, alcoholic, <laughs> addicts, nasty, dirty people, just because we want to value a picture in a fucking museum or something. Do you know what I mean? That's my point. I'm not calling anyone a genius, so I, don't, I think that's just like your comment. No, it's just a, it's just a word. I'm not just saying it's a word. That's okay, cool. But yeah, that's got nothing to do with my point. I'm just saying like, I think there are some people who are playing clean, like the Bernie Sanders yeah. and the AOCs, yeah. but the whole playing field is not clean. So it's like until everyone is playing by the same rules, we can't have clean politics. We just can't. It has to be in the constitution that you cannot take yeah. money in a certain way. Everyone has to play by the same rules. If they yeah. don't, then you're never going to get there. You can try your best effort. And that's what Bernie Sanders did do. Yeah. He tried and he lost out to Joe Biden, who has the worst record as a Democrat ever. Exactly. Joe Biden is just a male version of Hillary Clinton. To be honest, if Trump or if this situation is artificial, this is the only way Joe Biden was going to win. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because he yeah. was, if, if this wasn't happening, he's not winning. He's not winning anyway. He, Trump's he's, winning. Yeah. No, I think 
if we're saying that it's an artificial situation, they're going to push it to the maximum that, that he's going, going to win. Whoever's the driving force is just like, you see you, Trump, you're gone. I think like, Trump could win this one. Are you not, like, enraged at being played? To me, yeah. I just feel like this is... Our trauma is being used to create capital. Again, it feels yes. like another slavery going on. And all of the people, all of them out there marching, doing this, all of that stuff. I'm just like, you know what? You guys are doing this and people are donating and the shift is taking place. And folks are sending money to this organization who we, they know their name because of the people marketing for them with their banners, t-shirts, all else, and you're sending money to this organization who are not putting money into the black community, mm. are funding the Democrat party. This beggars belief yeah. that in this day and age, this is still going on, but you have a fraction of black people who were trying to silence this saying, yeah, but this derails the movement. And it's like, what the hell, do you not see this? This is a game. It's like being in assimilation. You set each, part and you're like go and they're just watching reaping money like flipping ladbrooks william hill i feel like we are at the mercy of gamblers mm -hmm. they're just gambling on our pain and they're getting all of the money and we still have communities in poverty it's like this this isn't okay like it yeah. has to be called out somebody needs to be prosecuted like this isn't why people are donating money it wasn't you donate money to bernie sanders or any other democrat but you are not funding them through giving your money to Black Lives Matter. Mm. Like, that isn't why you were giving, because you're thinking I'm donating money to Black Lives Matter. And that is in turn raising the living standards of Black people. That's what you'd be thinking you're doing. And it's like, if this isn't the case, that is wrong. To me, that is fraudulent and somebody should be prosecuted. I think at the moment there is a shift though in how people are looking at the Black Lives Matter thing because f what I've noticed is that people aren't asking for donations to go to Black Lives Matter. I'm not saying the organisers of the actual that movement aren't saying it, but people are more giving options of where they can donate to or buy black and, or, and that sort of thing. I think as we were talking about last week, there's a lot of education that's been thrown out there. There's a lot of information that we're receiving that we weren't necessarily receiving before. So I think people are coming away from giving that organization direct donations. At least I hope they are. And as, as far as the Black Lives Matter movement goes, I think it's one of those cases where I don't care about the organization. I don't care about them and their funding. I care about the message behind it. We need to remember the message behind it and to find ways of funding our communities and building ourselves up that way and not rely on a specific organization to take our money and do it for us let's do some of the research ourselves build ourselves up in our communities i think that's important but then that the whole thing is that these people started this movement so then if we're saying like all right forget them who created it it's about the bigger picture which is no, sorry no, 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 no. Such, but it's not about them it's about the no. reasons why we're doing it isn't it no, i understand that so i'm just saying that it, but it's also a shame them they actually need not maybe not black lives matter need to be held accountable in a way that's detrimental but it's also like just handle your business it'll be a shame that some people are for having a leader some people are having a base some people are for having some sort of hq where black people can feel like this is where we go to and this is part of the movement that can represent us to take things forward so if black lives matter was true to everything that it stands for it's not a bad organization to have in our space doing the work 
contributing to the bigger picture. So then they have to be held accountable when they do things that don't make sense if they want to exist as they are, or then disband and let everybody else get on with it because don't be held up as the institution that represents Black Lives Matter, which is a fantastic thing that you guys started, created and put forth to the earth and we have something that we can hold on to. But if it's corrupt or looks a bit funny, that just contributes to the negative narrative, not because of what I care about what white people think, but even for us as people, again, we're dumbing down our standards because we feel maybe we've got to do what we've got to do because you know it's never going to last. But if you can't hold your organisation up righteously, then maybe it shows a bit of insecurity and you're not having faith in this, really, this thing really meaning anything. And that's a bit of a funny story to tell or to leave for our children to look up to. I think they have to do better if there's things that look shady about their business yeah. or come out of that business and go off and do what you need to do. And let the Democrats get their funding <laughs> in the open. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you need to segue through a... Um, a black organization and not tell anybody that's where the money's coming from yeah no, no that's definitely shady black lives matter like they might well be a democratic party do you know what i mean or have democratic affiliation and that's maybe what they want to do sure. but they just haven't necessarily transparent about it mm-hmm. however if you dig deeper into any charity you're going to see things like this probably every single one especially the biggest ones some of these charities again are into craziness men and people trafficking and all that kind of yeah. stuff So we do it and, you know, as a community, we have very high standards ourselves. But I do feel like we have to hold it up against its peers. Do you know what I mean? So let's look at all the charities then. Let's look at all the parties and see if they have charities connected to them that are pushing certain agendas. There was this documentary that I watched and it just uncovered a lot in terms of like how you win an election. And this is one of the routes on how to do it. So... Although it might not be ethical, if it's for the greater good, whatever that may be, (laughs) then what are we going to do though? That's the thing, because some people need leaders, you know, they need to believe in something. They need to have an affiliation with something. They can't just be inhuman or having human respect and decency is not enough. They need the structure and all that kind of stuff. So why take that away from them? on the back of what you're saying then and then response to that is if you need a leader and you know that especially the position that you're in being black lives matter that people are depending on your leadership then you have to make sure your shit is sewn up so if behind the doors you're doing shady shit make sure that door's completely locked then if you're gonna say like let's not rock the boat and let's do what the others are doing. I mean, I'm pretty sure they probably tried if if that was their intention. I don't know any organisation of this kind of ill or political party that isn't corrupt in some sort of way. Like, they they all are. It's not okay. It's not okay. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's how it is. That's what I'm saying. So on the back of that, if that's how it is, then also, when it gets revealed, because you didn't lock the door completely, then you have to deal with the fallout and a pivot, as the new word is now. I you can't that. say that, oh, well, because you've been caught now. So this, this is what happens. Like, when people do crime, the option is go on the run or go to jail. Like, let, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or hide. I mean, on the, on the run includes hiding. <laughs> but look, I, I think it will be there until it serves its purpose. We'll see yeah, what happens just after think, the election. I think it's difficult to then expect humans, because if that's the way it is in regards to everything's corrupt, then it's difficult for humans not to react. I'm not even saying that they don't deserve criticism. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like, we live in a corrupt system with corrupt people, with corrupt leaders, 
Like, why would you expect them to be any different? I agree. I agree. But that's why I think I hope that people get that actually this is the playing field that they're playing on, that you just check out, that you withdraw from it because it's us that are fueling it by being engaged, by supporting or even speaking about it. It, We just withdraw our support, our gaze, our words, our energy, then they can't thrive. It's really important that we start to see that people who we think are for us Mm -hmm. and are about our safety are not. They are about their power and they're using our pain. And if we could just be able to see and look inside most of these organizations, you see that the money doesn't even go to black people. Yeah. It goes to another political entity. And it's like, how many times do we have to get played like this really it really does come back to as an individual you have to be sovereign you can't rely on an organization but I absolutely understand your point of view that there are some people that are far off that concept of taking responsibility for themselves but that's where the movement needs to go is responsibility for self building our brothers and sisters up so that they actually are working towards being self-reliant and not relying on a leader because a leader can be compromised and so can an organization and how many centuries of this do we need to learn this lesson yeah to the point about who's talking about it it's not just us though had the media or certain people not picked this up then we wouldn't be in the news so much that there's things that are happening to us so you have to have, well, you know, most people naturally just have a reaction. But that's why I feel like it feels like a shift because it's not just us talking about it. Everyone's talking about it and it's absolutely everywhere. We're just humans. We're just reacting as normally as humans would react in these situations. Do you know what I mean? It's just now that wider society is taking notice. I don't know, man. The whole thing's corrupt, man. <laughs> There's almost like no making sense of it because the whole damn thing is corrupt. You might as well just take the piece out of the back of your head, take the red pill, I think it was. Um, but yeah. I, I can and, never yeah, remember exactly. which pill it is. Both pills. Both pills. I don't want... The one where you're with Neocide, that pill, that's the pill that I think that's what people should take. Should take. But people want to take that it's other It's going to be pill. horror. It's going to be a horror if you take that. But then also as well, my, my last point, let me say my last point, yeah, <laughs> is <laughs> that I do think we're moving more towards like people believing in a, a, a movement rather than individuals, right? Yes. So with the rise of things like Anonymous, even the rise of Black Lives Matter, it's almost like, I hate to say it, but it's almost like a brand. Do you know what I mean? That people are believing in. They believe in their values and what they stand for. And that's what they're aligning themselves with rather than individual people because we see over and over again that people are flawed. So I remember when it was the election over here, I saw this quote and it makes so much sense. Voting isn't marriage. It isn't public transport. You're not waiting for the one who is absolutely perfect. You are getting the bus and you just want to get there. The one that will get you the closest. I think all politicians are corrupt to a certain degree. Unfortunately, that's where we are. And hopefully with all this exposure or exposing of them and their ways, that will change. But at the moment, you just have to get on the bus that gets you the closest. And Trump's bus isn't going in the right direction. (laughs) (laughs) So this up and coming rapper, Glitz, Glitz, 
Liz, is that how you say his name? It's the white boy. Um, I have not yes. heard of him. Who? He, this, can, this sorry, can you spell record. it for me, please? Um, G-L-I-double-Z. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Basically, I saw, I don't know whether it's a Shea Burra or matting or something like that i saw this guy rapping and they were like praising him because he spoke yoruba i was just like oh okay cool so me being you know that typical black person i was just like oh my god is he speaking yoruba for real so i watched it and stuff and i saw it yes okay cool he did but obviously being burnt in the past i knew not to like it or comment or share (laughs) it publicly because i'm like (laughs) i've learned so i just sent it to my niece to have a look at it and um you know he flung some yoruba in there like the thing was going viral he's getting more and more likes he even mentioned he was savage in it she had liked it on twitter kind of thing or commented on twitter and stuff and everything like that and then and then like twitter was like no 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 some account called uktlt on twitter basically just says is this you a plethora of tweets <laughs> seriously that was just to be honest i actually can't believe how foul these tweets were i mean i should be able to believe it but it was just like yeah. nah it was deep it was like things like he was saying um someone asked him think of an animal that begins with n he says nigerians like he was talking about um if he goes down on a black girl he's gonna come up with pink eye just really foul, disgusting things. And he said some things about uh, Somalians as well and that sort of thing. So basically he apologized and part of his apology was like, you know, he was just joining in with his friends. Okay. Probably black friends, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, so my thing is that with people are so problematic. I mean, he's canceled before he even began. Like he wasn't anywhere, do you know what I mean? And he's just canceled already. So like how, do we deal with people who are so misguided and the people around them are also misguided? How do we deal with people like that? I didn't hear about him and I'm very glad and I wouldn't have liked him just because I'm that, I'm that black girl. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you're doing. Just because you're Caucasian doesn't mean to say you get a pass when you're doing black things. I get annoyed <laughs> when black people share, oh, this white person's doing a little bit of robotics. Oh my God, they're amazing because they're white. I get mad when you've got, what's her name? Niger, Niger Princess. What's the white woman that, was it Europe? The white woman that's oh, you're of a princess. Oy, oy, bo. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, you're yeah. I don't know why she calls herself a princess. Sorry, yeah. Well, who, this is who, what I'm saying. Anyway, sorry. Who gave her status? Black people. <laughs> so I'm that person. I don't give a damn what you do. If you're good, you're good, but not because you're doing black stuff. I think for every white person that can do something that's quote unquote black, there's a bunch of black people who can do it better. Why am I so impressed? That means I'm so impressed because you're simply because you're white. What do I think about myself then? Like, it's not, that's not it. If you're good at what you're doing, be good, and that's it. In regards to this guy, what do we do with him? It's not about him. If his peers are black, because he, I mean, he found somewhere to learn Yoruba or the words, you know, mm. found somewhere. So that means we're enabled by a bunch of black friends. They're the ones that need educated, and it's really freaking hard to break through this nut of theirs that feels like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, my white friend can call me the N word. Yeah, it's all right. Man's from the end. We've been talking about educating us from, since the day we was released. So. What do we do? I have no idea because we keep talking. And when you talk as a black person like me or like us or whatever, then you're seen as a hater. You're seen as someone who's divisive. You're seen as too black power, too black. You're going to scare away the white folks that we need on the board and all that type of stuff. But I feel like if you're confident in who you are, then white people that you're aligned with 
will respond better. If you know who you are, they, you're actually showing them a better version of the kind of black people that they should be associated with and who they should, if they want to emulate us, emulate that black person that's actually knows who they are and knows their history, then you wouldn't make those mistakes. You wouldn't be doing all those things. The annoying thing is that when their shit gets dug up, is that they come back and say, oh, you know, I've got black friends. Oh, that's the annoying thing for me. I think a few episodes we were talking about, don't even know how to delete. Like you came out and you did all this shit on on um on right. Twitter and and now you're like Mister, look at me, I can speak Yoruba better than oh. Nigerian people. And now like <laughs> you didn't even delete your Twitter. Fi- like come on, it took two seconds for the man to find all the shit that you've been saying. So right. it's just like they need educating in a lot a lot of areas, a lot. For those that don't know, if you want to look for your previous Twitter history and get rid of some tweets. I actually done this the other day. Well, I didn't get rid of anything, but I done this every day. I looked at my old tweets. But you can go to twitter.com forward slash search dash advance. Okay? It's not hard. You can Google it just like I've Googled it. If you truly believe that you don't think the way you used to think when you was younger, yeah. then it shouldn't, it shouldn't be hard for you to do this. There's also a problem when people are able to hide their past deeds because then... We will never know. And then he wouldn't be exposed. And maybe I'm biased, because obviously <laughs> I'm biased. If um, young black girls especially have made mistakes in the past, I want them to be forgiven and forgot. Delete your tweets, girls. Um, <laughs> however, if people are racist, or this even extends to people who have had deep, dubious past when it comes to maybe paedophilia, all that type of stuff. So if you, those people can delete that history from their social media and present themselves as a new person and not necessarily have changed their ways. We will never know. And it might come out in another way, but then maybe it will take longer. Maybe damage will have been done. Whereas if we had known their past mm. and been able, was able to expose them, then they were held accountable accordingly. I mean, it's, I'm not comfortable with him being able to delete that and then presenting this new thing. Because he's capitalising off our culture and presenting as this. Who knows what he thinks when he gets back home? Who knows? He's like, yeah, I've got all these African wogs on my side. <laughs> Yet I'm going to say Chale or whatever and make money our culture makes people rich and by any means necessary necessary if i'm in the hood and i want to get out you know what i'm going to do i'm going to be a white afrobeat boy because i know i'm going to be the next eminem because that's how society works i hear what you're saying in principle but i just don't know how practical it is yeah for you sure. know what i mean and i think that people can grow right yeah. you might get caught up you might be in a certain circle you know you can change your ways you can educate yourself etc so i think people should have the opportunity to distance themselves from that past if that's not who they are anymore yeah that's the thing if you truly are not that person then you make the effort to do that that's what i see or you're just lazy and also as well racist they should hide it i don't want to see that shit i don't want it to be normal i want them to be bloody ashamed i feel like if they're not ashamed then they're not ashamed and it doesn't make no, any if difference they, yeah if they're not then cool but that's what i'm saying that will differentiate between yeah the people real. who are hardcore or the people who are just not stupid, but got caught up in a mad mis- Yeah, misinformed and misled, you know, sometimes. But then again, you don't know if um, they feel remorse and they deleted their tweets and you just never no, know. No, you don't. And I think uh, that is part of the difficulty with it. Yeah. But I do believe that people who are racist, especially in the moment, they should be held to account for the fullest strength of anything. Like all these people that are coming out now, that are getting, you know, fired from their jobs or Mm. they're getting, um, what do you call it, losing scholarships and things like that. Good. 
because you should know bloody better. It's a difficult one for me, actually. Oh. Has he done the apology? Has yes, he, he has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, he does. It, did, did he do the cliched three points, like either a parent, a brethren, some black proximity, yes, brought up with black people? Uh, yes. He came with friends. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. He was in a he, he followed the handbook then. That's yeah, he right. did. Yes. Good to know. And he Good said, I'm so, 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 so very, very sorry. Yeah. So did very, he, very, very sorry. Add in, I don't have a racist bone because I'm yet to see oh, no, what no, a no, racist no. bone even oh, looks like. like yeah. But I would love to see <laughs> what that racist bone looks like. <laughs> okay. So he didn't come with that one. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I actually feel like, don't delete your tweets. Don't do your due diligence because I want to know who you are. And if it gets exposed, it makes it easier to expose you. People are going to cut on on and that's what's going to happen. I believe that people are capable of change. So you have got a sector of people who, unfortunately, have been raised by racist parents. Mm. We're seeing it now. You know, youngers coming up and they've been raised by racist parents and they're calling out their parents. And before they've got to that level of education and, you know, experience within the wider communities, they have only had that thought that they've got from their home. So they may say something that later on they come to regret because they are more educated. Yeah. So mm. I do feel like people are capable of change. We don't know what his experience was. I'm not saying he should not be cancelled, by the way. Mm. I'm just saying we don't know what these people's experiences <laughs> were like previously and what households they've come from. I watched a clip of Different World the other day. Like they got, the two black boys got attacked by a bunch of white boys yeah, and they all went to jail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all went to jail and then one of the white boys was like, no, I'm saying sorry, actually, because this is not me. I don't feel right with that. So I do think you've got to give people the opportunity to explain themselves mm. and for change. The blatant yeah. racist out there that, I don't want to hear it, but, you know, in this sort of case, he I, may have changed. He may have genuinely changed. I think an all thing comes to light in the end anyway. So similarly, when I was looking at my tweets, also why this was happening... I saw that Misha B done a Insta Live about her experience in X Factor, which was in 2011. And I was like an avid X Factor. Uh, no judgment, please, okay? I yeah, love I, I used to do. I, I think we all watched it back then. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Oh, you know, always rooting for everybody black. I really love Misha B. She was, I mean, she's talented anyway, do you know what I mean? So she was talking about her experience. And there was one show where she sang her song and then she got some really negative feedback. Well, actually, she didn't get about her performance it was about her character mm -hmm. so Talisa who started it said that she's been hearing things from backstage that she's being mean to her contestants and I think she kind of nearly said the word bully and then Louis jumped in and said, basically you're acting like a bully or something to that effect and a lot of people are talking about their experience with racism I've seen Leona Lewis summer recently and I think Misha was just doing the same thing and it was a very emotional watch. It really was because she talked through how this, you know, had built up in the house that she was staying in with the other contestants, how someone was being quite mean to her, actually, and other people kind of just ignored it. When she tried to confront people, they're kind of bursting into tears rather than actually dealing with the situation, basically ostracizing her. And as a result of that, she became very depressed and she went into therapy and she's still in therapy from... That, that incident suffering from PTSD to this day. So from someone who watched the show and I looked at my tweets from then and my tweets, as I suspected, tweet was like, I really dislike Talisa right now yeah, on yeah. that episode. I remember I had tweets like praising Misha B, like on her talent and stuff and everything like that, like saying that this is not right, but you know, someone get her green card. I think I said that so she can go to America and just be. And it was just disturbing. 
Now, Talisa herself has now done an apology. What do you guys think of Talisa's apology? So, <laughs> Talisa's apology, if I was her friend and I love my friend, I'm not allowing that video to go out. For one, it was sloppy. Mm-hmm. It was from the handbook that everybody has used that in 2020, you should know this handbook no longer works. I need to do a little bit more work in order for this to land properly. Everything this year has indicated that I need to atone, even if I do, if I'm not there yet, I need to give the masses what the masses deserve. She just needed to apologize sincerely. She needed to give in to institutional racism and say that I probably wasn't part of this and complicit because Mm -hmm. of my skin colour and my lack of understanding as two stereotypes that were probably being played on and blamed production for that. Because I do think that it probably was a manipulation on all fronts. But you Mm -hmm. have to have eyes to be able to see that you were definitely playing into and reinforcing stereotypes. She doesn't even need friends to tell her this. She should be able to recall and watch back and be like, oh, I see how I played into that stereotype. Just admitting that, oh yeah, I should have done it in private and not public is not enough. That's not atonement. Like you literally needed to really come with something more substantial and maybe I would have given her a pass, but she gave all of the usual tripe that we've heard and it's not going to cut it in 2020. If she was cancelled from Mike GLC, and I can't stand that one. Like, <laughs> I know. The dude is like the worst guy, but I still took his side over hers. So from then <laughs> it's like, you're cancelled from then. But to then throw the tripe of, I don't have a racist bone in my body. It's like, really, you was ready to sell one of your bona fides into the prison system for life to save your own life. I think there are many bones in your body that are more than racist. And yeah, the girls are full. But all love to me should be for coming out now. Like eight years on, I was there, tears were running with her, like just like, man, this girl's been through a lot. And I remember at the time watching it being like, this is what they do to black folks. But spending money, like trying to keep her in every week. And again, I kind of, as I was watching it, I felt guilty. We wanted her to go through this system when really she just needed to be pulled out and held up and celebrated for her music but again we don't know how these systems work and we feel like we have to go through it we feel like this was an opportunity for her in a sense Mm. it was but in another way it's they exploit people and actually Mm. although we want to root for everybody black rooting would be like you need to get out of this place they will use you use your talent become borrow millionaires off of your work and you're going to get a pettence and then you can't even get another deal because they lock you in it's yep. actually a form of slavery when you know better you do better i definitely would not support anybody in one of those shows now because i know that this is just another monkey in chains i saw Denise's apology and i didn't care for it either she had the shaky neck kind of attitude thing which i was like are you really serious really aggressive like, where the f- <laughs> how are you shaking your neck and you know getting your hood voice on like what the hell is that about 
everything you said in regards to her apology and that it was, it's that exactly that I don't have a racist bone in my body and the fact that she said you know it was nothing to do with race without even acknowledging that actually it probably was and you even even if you weren't aware of it Talisa mm. even if you were unaware that you were born or you're just executing your white girl status in that moment not even realizing you're playing the game that is what will happen you're a grown woman as you said you've learned you're a different woman now whatever you've matured so if you've matured you should know that you should know that what you just said was a lot of crap and you actually anyway it's been said she i didn't i didn't appreciate it don't care um all this education that she's doing she's reading books and stuff now well done in 2020 that's when you decided to pick up a book well done in regards to watching misha again also watched live heartbroken really cried remember watching and supporting her loving her remember that moment remember i don't know when i stopped watching x factor but it was definitely fueled by this thing what is the point of us being through this system when we know every single time they either tell us especially in the uk at least the american x factor you get to your best mary j blige rendition and you can warble but then you've got simon cow telling you like we'll take out all that wobbly gospel soul stuff when you know what i mean they try and strip down <laughs> your soul when you're in the uk they make you do a whole heap of pop shit what they think black music sounds like and then you're just an empty shell by the end of it so as a segue to come i'll come back to that it's similar to there's another conversation about all these kind of reality shows i love top chef but every single time when you watch it it's so whited out you don't have expert chefs when it comes to um, ethnic foods specifically caribbean or african foods there's never an expert. There's never an exploration of the food. Maybe in the whole 17 seasons, I can count on one hand how many times they've had an expert from a Caribbean or African region to talk about the food or even any of the challenges to talk about African foods or Caribbean foods. It doesn't rate anywhere. There's only two Michelin star chefs who are of colour. And we know black people can cook. So it's just the whole thing of us being in those spaces where they just strip us away or tell us that if you don't do it the white way, then everything you know true is not real. You're palette isn't quality your vocals aren't quality how you present isn't quality so it's definitely i understand that nana in regards to pulling away from these spaces i had someone contact me and say in regards to misha b saying look so it serves her right she should know better and i'm like but you can't say that because at the end of the day there is that space between having the right to enter a space that's supposed to be for all of us x factor is broadcast on national tv the auditions are open they don't say only white people apply they can't obviously but they don't so then i should be able to apply with my black skin and go in and do what i want and do the soul that i know without being told oh you're like um a <laughs> young fucking grace jones and these times i'm singing like <laughs> Celine Dion. tell me i'm like Celine Dion if i want to or using all these superlatives that, that they switch on you in the end so anyway so yeah i was just like you can't blame a young black person aspiring to get through these channels to get to the top but however now anyone in my family that they want to go to x factor i'd be like listen let's find another way you don't touch those shows they're going to metaphorically rape you so don't do it the thing that irks me the most about her apology everything that you guys just said about her apologies it was trash in the most <laughs> trashiest way she did come across like she had an attitude and it was like she didn't want to do this but she knew she kind of had to do it she wasn't a willing participant in the apology the thing that irks me the most was when she's like oh yeah my friends have told me that i need to educate myself your friends are telling you now that you yeah. need to educate yourself you're telling us that you need to educate yourself do you not think you should educate yourself before you do the friggin apology first of all yeah because you're only just going to come and apologize again because then you're going to realize that actually you're gaslighting the thing. You're taking what those people said to you as gospel. You know, you're not even giving Misha the benefit of the doubt. And also you didn't offer her any sort of 
real care as a fellow human being, as a fellow young person. I think Misha at the time was younger than her, right? Yeah. She's 22, she's, young, she's your younger. And you didn't offer her any care whatsoever. And that is a spiteful thing. That's a trait of a horrible person, really and truly. You don't even have to bring race into it to show that that's who you are. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But it's just the fact that the race was, is there, that's what makes it even worse. And then you've got the other guy, that Pfizer or whatever oh. his name is. Pfizer. Oh, Pfizer, that's that. it, kind of thing. Yeah. Talking about why didn't she say this earlier? Shut up. What? Shut your mouth. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, seriously. And that now he's backstepping. That was really disappointing. It was terrible because it is yeah, again. Do you know what I mean? Another black boy. When someone's coming after the white girl, you're quick to defend whether you know her or not. Do you know what I mean? Why can't you call her up on her bad behavior? That's your brethren. That's your friend. Seriously. Yep. Like you should be keeping her in check. You, why didn't you talk to Talisa before she done that bl- shit apology? Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a bit irate. I'm just so sick of it. And I, I feel so bad for the girl because it's a long time to be holding on to that stuff as well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And not even feeling like you had a space to talk. She's talking yeah. about her, fi- like she was too fearful to talk. You know, if you come from where we come from, to be honest, those opportunities are few and far between. Yeah. The, you've got the whole world on your shoulders in those moments. You can't flop. And to be honest, she didn't flop, you know? No, at all. She actually didn't flop. Every, I every just week. just took it from her. Yeah. And the producers have a lot to answer for. Absolutely. And producers, I swear to God, yeah, are they some of the most evil people. I saw Talisa's apology. I saw Faisal's comments as well. Ooh. And what I really wish, it goes back to what we were saying about this white boy as well, the rapper, whatever his name is. I just wish when they apologised, they would stop saying, I have black friends. Like, I don't give a flying fuck if you have black friends. You're making an apology, just apologise for the ting. Because what people need to understand, England, the UK, are this is what they're great at. You don't need to use the N word to be racist. There was a lot of subtle racism. Oh, you're, you're very feisty. What do you mean by that? I hope you're not too overconfident. When I watched that clip, I, I really enjoyed Kelly's reaction. Yes. Mm. It's almost as like, so what, you wanted to come out here and not be confident, and then you're going to have something to say about that. And I think the main thing was that they should not take away from how Misha B feels. She feels yeah. how she feels. She went through an experience. She's still suffering to this day. And you coming out and chatting about she should have said it then. She didn't have the power. She didn't have the energy. She didn't have the strength to say it then. So what you're saying is, well, if, if people get molested, they shouldn't ever, they should talk about it at the time of molestation and they can't yeah. then talk about it after. Fucking bullshit. You can speak yeah. your truth whenever you want to speak your truth. In terms of these reality shows and what goes on with them, I will say that now within the body of these shows, they have to have counselling. So Mm. that is the one good thing that's come out of all these fucking tragedies that's happened along the way with these reality shows, that they have to have on-site counsellors or external counsellors that these people who are in these positions can go to. Because it can be soul-destroying because you're at the will of the media as well. You've got loggers that sit down and log hours and hours of shit and condense it into something that looks television worthy. So, you know, the media can just come for you. If they get the smallest, smallest sniff of controversy, they will jump mm. and then they will just make a, a, a massive story out of it. My thing is that... That's how elections are won, by the way. 
<laughs> Sorry, going back to that point. She yeah, did she win? So she won that it. season. She, she actually did. And that's the only time. Then. The experience yeah. of a black person. Exactly. Exactly. That's what, exactly. that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's how elections are won. But can we not see <laughs> our power? We could probably spend an hour going through how we're a battery to lots of people winning. Exactly. Yeah. And they used mm-hmm. us exactly to fuel where they needed to go. And yeah. I wish we would be able to see this in ourselves and just be like no not today Sid we'll get there I'm still I'm very hopeful we're gonna get there that self-esteem is rising we're all gonna pick up on it and we'll spot it as soon as the person starts and we're not going to think that we need them because we're gonna see our value and be like actually you need me a hundred times more than I need you I may have to suffer some short-term poverty or lack but I will actually surpass what I think you can bring to me because really I'm your battery and you're just going to use me and become a billionaire and you're going to give me thousands because that's the trade-off. We have to really remember that we were here for hundreds of thousands of years before the first white person came out of cave. Like we're actually so much more than what we've been given credit for and have been boozled with loss of memory and amnesia and then turned around on our hill and sped around and don't know where we are and it's like actually like now we need to stop and really re-remember who we are and start going forward don't need anybody to give us anything um i love that she dropped in in all her healing uh, she dropped in the ancestors because i think it's also that yeah when who i missed that didn't Misha? Yeah. Oh, about, Misha. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. not talking about Talisa. Not Talisa. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Imagine. <laughs> that would have been the first thing out of my mouth. Like, the cheek, the cheek to call on the ancestors. What? <laughs> no, I just like that there's that, yeah. you know, Misha's rootsy, man. She, and, and that's, yeah, that was her route back as well. Like, getting in touch with who she was. And mm. she, you can just see that she's stuck. You can see that she's, you know, righteous. So, I just wish her all the best. So, the word that um, a bunch of black folks came together and made up to describe the pain and oppression of what systemic racism has done to us is a word called NENEC. And I was invited to one of those working group sessions to come up with the word. And I went to one and then there was a series of conversations. And then finally I got a call and said, look, this is the word that we've come up with. And the word was NENEC. And so at first I was like, NENEC sounds bait. But then with the meaning behind it, I was like, ah, oh, it actually filled, evoked something in me. So the word, Nenek, is as a noun, Nenek, Nenekist, Nenekism, the relentless, brutal, centuries-long terrorization, stifling asphyxiation, oppression of black people, black culture and black lives, hostility or prejudice towards or suppression of black people, active, passive or tacit support for any activity that perpetuates the suffocation and subjugation of the human and civil rights of black people individually and collectively, a person who consciously or thoughtlessly displays or manifests hostility or prejudice against black people. So I put it out there. And there was kind of crickets from the people that I sent it to. So I thought, hmm, people don't like this. And then I did a Facebook post calling on the people that I respect. And there was, a, there was like 100% backlash. We don't like this word. And there was lots of explanations as to why the reasoning. People say that we already have racism. We already have anti-prophobia and anti-black. And, yeah. And so in all of that, we can talk about whether you like the word or not, but I don't think it's about that necessarily because I don't actually like the word. 
but what got me about this whole thing was the sentiment and what it means and that's what made me feel like i get it and i support it but what i've noticed is that there's been three movements that have kind of happened that also i've had maybe conversations about the young people that called out central school of speech and drama for their institutional racism mm -hmm. the blackout tuesday movement and the people who organized that and then this neck creation this word to explain the thing that is done to us specifically as black people and what i realize is that every single one of these campaigns or movements that were announced released into the world suffered the same exact same backlash people called it out for not being transparent people called it out for not being because they weren't included in the decision or the conversation people called it out because they felt that we don't need to do it this way we should do it this way so there was all this critique what is the best way to release an idea for one there needs to be a real sustained consensus that there's an issue with a word so for me i have seen it multiple times and for years a sustained disapproval of the term BAME, B-A-M-E. And that faction of lumping everybody together, I think generally black people have always said, this doesn't serve us. So I could see that there's a real issue there and that could be a think tank solution that could be presented. Whereas racism as a term, I have not seen a sustained amount of people disapproving of this as something that doesn't serve black people. Like really like, no, we need to find a new term. I haven't seen that out in the ether. So I think there has to be a real problem and then we find a solution. But then at the same time, we have to really take an account as to the momentum that we have at this moment. Solutions to actually removing white pathology and supremacy and privilege from society is way more important and has momentum than a word mm -hmm. to describe it. It's just a moment in time that was like, we've gone past that now. This is a real opportunity to actually shift things which we may have thought this isn't going to happen into our lifetime could happen into our lifetime with the right minds on it so it's like everybody's moving to something but maybe the whole opportunity to move things further is not being seized and i think that's why it's not sitting well with people when people do a knee-jerk reaction it's like no it's not that because really the opportunity to move things forward a hundred years could happen now. I didn't know that there was any backlash against central school, um, them exposing racism. I thought that was a good thing. All of it's needed though. Blackout Tuesday, no, that was just sloppily done, but it still, it did something. It's like, it's all needed. I think it's still good, even with the backlash. It's, that's still a good thing mm. than it landing nowhere. <laughs> and nobody cares like you know it's just that the fact that there's a room of people there's groups that are being formed should still be commended it's just where is the energy going because this moment in time is so special and what and a word isn't it
it's like we could do so much more it kind of came out of nowhere for me mm. I think my feelings were just like why do we need this and why do we need this now like there's so many other things that we can be doing in order to like to push this movement forward debating and launching a word didn't seem like that was the priority right now also it kind of reminds me like a personal to the people involved and stuff it's kind of like people in an elitist bubble that are having these discussions and saying that this needs to be done and then exactly the same way like with Bane as well. Like who made that up? Who consulted anyone? Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm quite average and so maybe I'm not in those circles or whatever. But it was just like, I didn't ask for this. How is this actually going to serve me? The connotations of it mm. is kind of too fresh in terms of what we're dealing with in the current moment, right? So I get it. But it's a very, very, very hard concept to swallow right now. And we haven't even gone through the full circle of dealing with what we're dealing with. So I think that that may be some of like where the backlash is coming from as well. Maybe more market research in the first place and putting it out there through networks and groups and whatever kind of thing to feel like, is this something that people actually want? Like when you're launching a product, you have to do market research first to find out whether people want what is that you're selling. There's kind of like no real best way to do this. Do you know what I mean? For the central thing, Personally, do you think, especially if you're in the media, it can become like a bit of an echo chamber of mm. people just criticizing stuff just for criticizing sake? That still being said, that doesn't mean that criticism isn't also valid. Personally, I think anti blackness serves that pur- purpose. If we yeah. want to go one step away from racism and be specific to the plight of black people, anti blackness does serve that. Nina just like, okay, I have to have a vested understanding of the history of that term to understand this. It's not a necessarily an obvious thing to people outside of our community. And we might be taken for granted that because it's so popular now, that people are going to understand what that actually even means. I don't love the word. What it was about the word is when I looked at the explanations of it and how you could use it in different, different ways, it made more sense to me then. I'm not massively offended by it, but I do get that it is still very fresh mm. right now. And immediately the connotation that I have when I think of the word is George Floyd. And I don't know if that's a, a, a good or a bad thing in terms of what the word's trying to achieve. Is it necessary at this point in time? Maybe later on it might have been necessary. I'm not sure. In terms of letting everyone know that you're going to do stuff, sometimes you can't let everybody know. Sometimes you have to keep it within a select amount of people. I'm emotional anyway, Scorpio, so I'm always watery. At first, because some of the comments were a bit more like, who the fuck was in the room? And I was like, well, I was, so are you cussing me? Because you're forgetting that I'm the one who fucking put the post up. So I took defensive offence to anyone feeling like I'm dumb. There was kind of a vibe where people who are in the room who agree to this are dumb, insensitive, don't know what the fuck they're talking about, aren't informed. So I I took offence to that. But I also believe that this is the fallout. It has to have this fallout for it to move forward. Otherwise, there's no point. You can't just, like you said, be an echo chamber of um, positivity. Otherwise, that's not Mm. real. That's not the real world. The collective group was multiple people, different people. That's the... Maybe that's the wrong word. No, no, but no, you weren't the only person who said that. You weren't the only person who said that. Ivory Tower stuff. It's just like... But you weren't the only person who thought like that. And that's why I was like, Mm. I'm not. Maybe because my position of being in the media is privileged, but I don't ever see myself. And I think Auntie Nana and I have been in Facebook groups and discussions, and there's always been that pushback against the black intelligentsia and the bougie blacks who feel like, look, we make the decisions and you 
worker bees and no minions. You lot just take what we say and have to take it as gold. So I actually felt good being in the room because I am, I, or I think of myself as a regular person. I just happen to do this thing that puts me in those spaces, but I never forget that I'm just a regular person. And there were other people like that in the group. It's just a matter of who you know. There's only so many people you can ask. However, there was, you know, there's been other suggestions and maybe, as you said, focus groups and making people feel more included. And there is a conversation. I definitely had a conversation with the two guys that came up with it, that what you guys need to do is have a, an open conversation with the people who aren't happy. Because there are people who are actually, oh my God, finally, there's something that makes sense to what I'm feeling and I can vocalise it and can use it in context. So it's not everyone. It's just interesting that on my particular page, it was 100% like people. I won't say negativity, that seems like I'm being defensive, but more there was harsh critique of it um, and resistance to the word. I don't know about it being the right time because when is the right time? Because I think at this moment, we're all reacting to this moment, however we're reacting to this moment. So then in that space, nothing that happens is right or wrong, even though we can have an opinion on whether we think it's right or wrong. It's mm. actually everything matters to the wherever we're going. Like as Nana prophesizes that in five years time, we're all going to be in that promised space where we're going to be realizing who we are and in a better version of ourselves or whatever and not be oppressed. But all of this stuff, it contributes to the fabric that will get us there. Because I think we have to let it out. If we make a mistake, if this is the mistake, then it's a mistake that had to come out, get it off out of our system, and then we move forward. Because it might either birth a new word or yeah. it might turn a corner, get used in the way that makes sense. And everyone's like, fuck it, I get it now. That's why. Because someone said it's like, sounds faddish, but everything is faddish right now. We've got even chale, a colloquialism that we use in Ghana, is faddish, but it's a word that we've been using for years. So I think. Every word can be bastardized, every word can be remixed, every word can be sanitized, diluted, and mistreated. So people were saying like, a redneck's gonna be saying, oh, I knee next someone, but racist is gonna do whatever <laughs> the racist is gonna do. And then someone was saying, man's gonna be like, man was knee necking. But I'm like, yes, and a man could say, man was racist. So why are we putting a tone on it? It's like, you either don't get it with it or you don't, that's fine. But then the examples don't make sense because every single word, and at this point where we are with racism, we've had racism. Racism is seen as something of the past. Politicians and people in power used to describe something of the past. And when something happens, like George Floyd, they're like, oh my God, that racism was in the past. Of the three, the three Asian leaders that we've got in the UK, the younger guy, he, anyway, he was like, you know, Britain is very different from when my parents were immigrants in the 70s. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not, it's still- <laughs> Not for us. But what's, what, what is the difference between the, um, that and anti-blackness? Apart from the definition, why did it have to come up now? Like, my other question is like, sometimes these things are just organic and this yes. just felt really forced, especially with okay. the way it was announced. It was just like, right now, black people, this is what you're going to use. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's just like, yeah. we're not mm. a monolith. That's what I, I think is a part of the rejection as yeah. well. Because yeah. if I'm not going to have people tell me what to do, why am I going to have that for my own community mm -hmm. as well? I think that's where the conversation needs to be had so at least if the people who came up with the idea and have felt empowered to do this explain and then again they can say what they need to say and people can respond and then whatever happens happens i'm loath to talk for people i'm not going to do that the only part of my parcel in this is being a media platform that shared it being a person that was asked to be involved in one workshop and contribute to the air of it being created i'm one of those people and i emote and relate to it and resonate with it and it, it i get it why it matters to me i can only say that i won't speak for the guys who created it but i think this thing again of pressure of being black like let's make sure this is professional let's try and do our due diligence so we're going to have it branded we're going to do this we're going to put it out there and make sure we've cut without actually maybe thinking that actually people are going to feel dictated to 
and that's the problem where people maybe we're over we're overthinking i say we the final end result overthought that actually in all trying to do everything perfectly you didn't you forgot the one thing and that is actually people don't want to feel dictated to um, an argument was made from someone else I spoke to that, that everyone just got blindly behind Blackout Tuesday and did their squares without question. So why are they questioning this from black folks? That was an interesting perspective as well. And some sort of level, there was peer pressure involved too. So that's why I think it kind of caught wildfire. So everyone was doing this black square. So yeah. it didn't matter what colour you were. It was very easy, although it was not clear at all what it was for. Plus, there were two different organisations doing yeah. similar yeah. things yeah. on the same day kind of thing. It just wasn't cohesive in that sense. So, but at the same time, in terms of my everyday life, I can do a black square. It's, not, it's no skin off my nose. It's the, yeah. like, the lowest form of entry to show <laughs> that I'm not racist. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It really is. Like, when you dig deeper, I do come from black women too. Do you know what I mean? And it was very, like, you could go somewhere to know who the people are actually behind it. And Instagram paid this, oh. it kind of out of nowhere. And then what, what do I do with it now? Once I got your email, I read it and was like, nah. In terms of the terms and it, the, well, anybody that's been listening, you will know, I, I generally will find deeper meaning in things. And from the action of the knee on George Floyd's neck, if you put in black man killed neck there are these actions all around the world by policemen mm. so again it's like this is a thing so i almost can see how the marrying of the two as an idea in the ether could get plucked from somebody to think that this is a way to describe the oppression on us but was there nobody talking about the power of words yeah and how many people are using it that could actually tie us into a bind mm. that more knees are on our necks. Using that to describe an action on us is a self-fulfilling prophecy to me. That's why I was like on your post, spiritually, I don't want anybody to be using this term mm. to describe anything in their life. People walking around with blacks saying, I can't breathe. Mm. What are, you put, what are you putting yeah, on yourself yeah, that's what when I you're say. marching with yeah. that? And so it's, I, I really don't like using the term racism. But in a, we are one. We are humans. And so when you add these divisions and you split us up and you split us up and you split us up, it takes us so much longer to get to the unification. And so adding in a new word that just felt like this isn't even describing what is happening or contributing to a solution i didn't get where it came from to me it felt like trying to adopt now i'm going to call myself a slave where do we move forward from this then i've been knee neck what what is that doing to me like, I, I, i'm being knee necked in my job i've pushed back on that when i was like I, I understand actually i didn't think about it being like an oppressive word in that i felt like it was a very specific description to what happens to us historically that's what I resonated with me and that's what resonated with the people who resonate with it I don't know the person or persons that came up with the final terminology but it made sense to me and that's why for some people it's like I've got the word to say and it makes it easier to describe but then racism because racism has been so scattered out because as you said I, racism is now like you say oh that person was racist what did you actually do because if someone at work is blocking you from doing certain things saying whether it takes place or not Knee, I've been knee-necked at work 
more weight than saying What's the difference from saying blackballed? As you say, we're not a monolith, and that's why there are some people that take to the word and some people who don't. That's the only part where there has to be then a freeing of what's happened, because there's four of us here. Three of you don't necessarily agree with the word. I don't like the word itself, but I like the representation. Not like is a strong, it's, oh, I empathise or resonate with the reason for it being there. I don't know if even I'm going to be able to say it easily, but I get it and I get the meaning, so I don't hate it. But also, we're not all the same. So we can't really control what this word means to anyone. We can all have our opinions on it, but we can't control what it means because there's been conversations where people have cried on the back of saying, oh my God, it's finally something that describes how I feel. Whether that's a good thing or not, it's an outpouring for someone. Someone's taking this feeling with pride and others are like, no, it's... It was presented as, this is for you. Yeah, and definitely. Like, that's probably a big part of it as well. I think the intention was good. I think timing, just a bit off with these things and it probably was discussed and maybe it was um, not necessarily downplayed but it's not just us that's going to use this term we are not the majority in the country that we're in so for it to have meaning and resonate and have power it needs to be taken on by the majority because the connotations are so strong it's almost like too strong for people to be like I'm going to use that or if I go to my favorite if I go to HR and say that mm-hmm. I've been knee next. They're just going to be like, as you're saying, okay, racism can mean many things. I could be being knee next, but that could also mean many things. So why must I take that one? And I don't know if those people in those positions are going to be comfortable enough. Maybe they shouldn't be using that term. I couldn't see that Sally from HR is going to use the term, you know? Cool. It's like fetch. <laughs> you know, in Mean Girls, when... <laughs> Um, what's her name? The girl, the girl that's got all the secrets. She's trying to make fetch happen. And <laughs> I, I, I don't know mean girls like that. No. no. <laughs> Maybe some of the viewers understand. But yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. it's fair, but it's fair. Like it, it, it might land, it might not. I think it's all valid. I think everything's valid. I'm, and usually I'm like, nah, yeah, I get it. And maybe switch my positioning. But I actually, it still works for me. I think the word is clunky. I'm not wedded to the word but I'm wedded to the intention and the meaning. So maybe that's, that's where I see it. So like racism really was like, yeah, that doesn't work for me. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't even that because racism is there. I think I could still use racism and if the word stays as Nunex as well. But I feel like I wasn't walking around thinking I needed a new word until someone came to me and said, oh, this is the idea. And I'm like, oh. Also, yeah, some people have, um, who were in the group were like, no, I don't like this word. Come out. It's nonsense. Pe- there are people who also don't like it. In, within the okay. group it's not like a consensus where everyone in the group so this might disappear in a week for like we know yeah and maybe it might be wasted effort but also maybe it's changed something in some people's waters and it's done something to the ether maybe they add there. the intention to anti-blackness because this is what i think well, that's what i'm saying is. i was just gonna say when you break down how you're gonna use the word i agree with that and the fact that people are searching for a word possibly that can't be manipulated by the media, I get that. Mm-hmm. But it is the connotation of the words. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying anti-blackness. You're not going to get mm-hmm. a bunch of racist people trying to use that in a different mm-hmm. way. Because how are you going to use anti-black in a, in a negative, you know, you're just going to look like an idiot. But mm-hmm. what you can say, yeah, man, like, I can imagine people say knee neck in a, in yeah. a very, mm-hmm. very derogatory. Yeah. I appreciate the meaning and I appreciate the cause, but the word for me, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, How long have we been talking? Two hours? That, that was a lot on news. But shit, I swear, I was, in this year of like racism, we could be talking about this shit forever. We don't have time, but just to mention, Little Britain, folks. Yes, being removed yeah. from our...
cultural history. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Are you sad? <laughs> no, nah, not at all. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, I actually quite there's a few British dramas that I or comedies that I do like, but that wasn't um, that wasn't one of them. Thank God. He's a big Alf Garnet fan, guys. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I like Alan Partridge. Though, I can't lie. Yeah, he's funny. <laughs> Hey, I'm Auntie Nana. You're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Now it's time for aunties to fix your life with Aunties Know Best. Hey, aunties. When it comes to dating someone, is it ever okay to ask if they could dress up better for an event rather than seeing what they dress like without mentioning it to you? (laughs) For example, someone who dresses more as a tomboy is asked if, if they could ever wear a dress and paint their nails to go on a date. Would you think this is their way to see if they can switch it up? Or would you think their partner is giving off more energy where they're trying to change them into something they're not? Sorry, can you start all over again? My brain can't comprehend it. I've missed it. Man. Dear auntie. Just break it down. I don't understand. <laughs> As I'm reading it, isn't it? <laughs> Basically, can you tell someone who's a tomboy to dress up in a nice yeah. dress to go oh. out? Is that wrong? Is yes, it wrong? No. Or Yeah. Oh. Would you would you think that this is their way to see if they can switch it up, or would you think their partner is giving off the energy where they're trying to change them into something that they are not? So much worse to so just say something small. Okay. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I'm sorry, Anon. Auntie Farah, are you Anon? Because why are you going to the to? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? Right. Okay. I think it depends on the occasion because some events do require a certain dress code for the events but i think you should be upfront about that and i don't think if you you know if you guys have got a healthy relationship i don't think there's anything wrong with asking however you cannot be too offended if they don't want to agree if you take offense to somebody suggesting that you dress up once in a while the problem lies with you that you have to take that feeling that's in you that's like, (gasps) and really be like, okay, there's probably a lot of truth in this. And why am I not looking different for certain occasions? Am I actually putting my best foot forward or am I trying to hide my beauty in some ways? And that would go for a man or a woman. Or am I being lazy? Am I really like just not giving myself the best that I could be? And somebody pointing that out in me, maybe I should say thank you. And yes, I will. (laughs) (laughs) You what, mate? (laughs) Thank you for dissing me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for the criticism. And, you know, I'm going to take this on board and I'm really going to go to town on and look different for tonight so i think there's nothing wrong in telling someone to dress for an occasion it's different to telling someone how to dress every day of their lives or in bed like we had before it's an occasion like i've got a black tie event to go to you need to wear a suit what's wrong with that as long as they're not doing it every single time the person standing in front of their wardrobe getting ready to go out then there's a difference isn't there Sometimes certain occasions require you to dress in a particular way. Precisely. 
Yeah, I think so. The thing is, though, there's ways to handle it. Because if I got dressed and then my man was like to me, are you going to wear that? Yeah. No. There's ways of saying things to people, isn't there? So, yeah. Yeah. And also, if you're trying to change a tomboy after you've been dating a tomboy, are you stupid? Because exactly. they've been, been a tomboy. But I, I hear what you're saying, Nana, even though I'm not going to thank you for dissing me, but it is a level of, okay, are you not celebrating yourself? Are you just hiding behind certain types of attire and maybe you're lazy or not I say lazy is maybe another strong word but is that my microphone maybe yes up? sorry um you're not yeah you're just not living to the best of your beauty and maybe someone's calling that out noticing that and actually saying look you could actually look better this way because you are so lovely so find your words yeah before you give tell people about themselves like that the aunties love the show I need help I've been home with my three kids who are three, five, and ten, Ooh. this whole quarantine, and I'm at my wit's end. I can't catch a break. I've resulted to hiding myself in the bathroom at times. Yeah. Oh. I'm a little ashamed. <laughs> I don't have enough support, and it's even worse since COVID has started. Oh. What can I do to catch a break? I'm so glad my daughter's 20. <laughs> you don't need to have three kids for them to drive you wild. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Covid's a lot. Um, I'd call them the aunties, man, or the uncles, if you've got that. If you've got that, it helps to just be like, here you go. In my family, we all do each other favours. It's like, I'll have them, you'll have them, this one will have them. But I'm quite fortunate, there's a lot of us and there's a lot of kids as well. So all the kids are of similar ages, so we all try to help each other out. So maybe if you've got that extended family, you could do that. If not, you didn't have to start making games out of being quiet. You know, <laughs> let's silence in the jungle. Silence in the big bad monkeys just about to talk. Speak, monkey talk. You know all that kind of stuff. Like, be quiet. Sit down. Let's see which one of you can be quiet the longest. Whoever is quietest for the longest will get a treat. You never say what the treat is. You just say a treat because then they can't hold you to a specific thing. You can try that. Um, also, make them go bed earlier. You know, five o'clock, mm. bedtime. <laughs> Nine o'clock somewhere. <laughs> you, know, you have to try and make time for you. That's what I would say. It sounds like it's difficult, though, because if you have got three kids that are hanging off your tits, then I have spoken to friends who have got young kids, and some have sounded quite harried, and it seems like they've run out of all the games and the silent games and all the tricks, and actually they really can't cope. So what ha if you've done all of that, then what do you do? I guess then it's moving into helplines and stuff like that. And if you don't have family to support, is it manageable? I only have one child. Like I said, she's 20. I can't imagine when she, when she was four, the way she used to hang off me, <laughs> if I would be all right. I mean, all situations are manageable and mm. there's always somebody available. So even if you don't have any family, but you have some means, then use your means to get babysitters in and you go somewhere to the park or you forge relationships with other people in your area. You join the NCT, you join your local child group, you get to know the other parents at your children's schools and you forge a relationship with them that an evening it's like a play date and your kids go over to theirs. So that would give you like a good two, three hours. And then their kids come over to yours and they have the same. And you create your own little family if you don't have actually like blood relatives. If you're really 
far from all of that or particularly shy or don't have any friends or anything else I think and it's probably going to sound harsh but it's a part of parenting when you delivered your child that's your responsibility and so you have to carve out ways where you're able to do a, a good job in this moment and you take it day by day and I think we've all needed a time out and you go to the bathroom and you close the door and you stay there and they'll keep on knocking and you're like I need time like everybody has to take moments but I really yeah. do think even when you're in the moments of despair it is like I chose this and they didn't choose to come here and have to suffer my attitude forge relationships it's like there are people going through the same thing and they'll take it on for a couple of hours because it's not like they're going to have your child for 24 hours so it's bearable and usually yeah. all you need is a couple of hours breathing mm-hmm. you just need a bit of space to yourself <laughs> i was just going to say licks is free <laughs> <laughs> I was going to speak on parenting because maybe she's actually created some spoiled children and she has to readdress how she manages her kids because maybe they are overstepping the mark because they know they can take liberties with her. So maybe that's what she has to address, look at her parenting skills from that perspective. If your kids are getting away with actually feeling that they can dominate you, why is that? Maybe not licks, but maybe licks, who knows? Not ever getting a threat. Just have the belt hanging. Whatever the lick, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's something like that. Maybe like more yoga or like mind quieting kind yeah. of games that's true you know what i mean like meditation and stuff that's really helpful for everybody and then you're kind of getting that peace of mind as well at the same time or at least trying to um just things like that but like yeah it's a bit those ages as well it's a bit nuts it's a lot make the 10 year old look after the rest of them there you go two hours 10 year old i could look after yeah i don't think you're allowed to do that anymore i'm not saying she should leave the house I'm just saying okay. that she should... Ten-year-old, two hours, yep. you look after them. I think okay. that is a bare minimum. Absolutely. That, yeah. that goes back to looking at how you're parenting your kids. I mean, that is staple West African and probably Caribbean households. So 100%. Yeah, staple. I always tell my brothers, you can't tell me no for babysitting. I'll wipe your bum. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I wish you well, because, yeah... That was Auntie's No Best. If you have a dilemma, please send them to dilemmas.yourauntiescouldnever at gmail.com. Hey, I'm Auntie Farah and you're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. And now we're about to take you guys back with Black in the Day. My one this week is about your first girly holiday. Do you remember your first girly holiday? What happened? Did everybody get along? Were there arguments? Were there fights? Was it fun? Frolics? What happened? How old were you as well? So I was 18. Me and my bestie Femi, we went to Tenerife. We went dirt cheap. You used to be able to, I think it was on um, Teletext. Yes. You could could (laughs) find really cheap holiday oh yeah yes. you did yeah so it was like on the crossover to teletext to internet like it was that period but yeah i managed mm-hmm. to go to tenerife for 47 pounds wow. for two weeks what yes. wow yeah we had deals like tenerife um this was in 19 1999 oh my where God. did you stay we was in an impo- in an apartment in um last um Americas. Las Americas, yeah, like right near the strip. Quite a cool apartment. 
But anyway, so it's just me and Femme. We've gone uh, probably week one was fine. Um, we just went out, got drunk most nights. Week two, that one night that we were in a club, the guy's smoking and then he offers me cigarette spliff type thing. What I thought it was anyway. Uh-oh. So I'm already drunk, but then I take a few totes of this thing that I smoked smoke from this black dude and literally I am gone so Ooh. I'm throwing up loads then it's like I'm half passed out and it's just me and Femme trying to get back to our apartment I threw up all along the street I didn't even eat that much I don't know what I was throwing up but this was some excess food stored somewhere <laughs> I'm in the bed I throw up and then I pass out I wake up in the morning and there is newspaper literally everywhere where Femi's managed to cover everywhere. Oh, no. It's like I rampaged through the apartment throwing up. I oh, threw up in the so bath. Disgusting. I fell in the bath. So there's pictures. She probably still oh, has a picture. Oh, no. One time I fell in the bath and she's taken a picture of me. So there's a picture falling in the bath. I threw up there. I threw up in the bath. It, it was no. terrible. I felt so bad. But I was so weak, I couldn't even really tidy up. Her up. And she cleared up as well. Oh, Femi. I is the bestest girl ever. That and is... she literally never brings it up as well. I swear, I'd, I'd crucify anybody that did that to me. But yeah, no, she, she never even talks about it. She doesn't talk about it. Just like, it just happens. It probably and... traumatised her, so she can't mm, talk about no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> we still went back again. Like We went back to Tenerife. No. I think if you told me that before I went on holiday with you. I've been good with you, though. I've been on my yeah, season twos, but usually I have quite a few nights where I'm very drunk. Oh, thank you for protecting me. <laughs> <laughs> my first holiday was in 2001. I wasn't old enough to drink. Face so it. try it. Do in America. And propaganda. In America. Okay. Okay. In right. America. In America, yeah. Yeah, you see. Oh, the belly laugh. <laughs> so, but anyway, so yeah, we went to Florida. That was my first time going on holiday. First time being on a plane, mm. all that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. um, so went to Florida. I remember before I got on the train to Gatwick or whatever, I was panicking and I was speaking to my friend on the phone and I was like, I don't think I should go. And she was just like, if you don't want to go, don't go. But kind of wanted to go as well kind of thing so I went so everything seemed pretty normal apart from because like my friends were a bit older than me so I was, I was the youngest as I am here as well I actually no, am no no, no. <laughs> but that's <laughs> it's not actually a fact but it's like by months like it's you're trying to wake like, up like, it's, like big... it's like whole years whole it's not years. really it's really whole not. year <laughs> but anyway <laughs> but my friends were older they were a little bit older than me so they could all drink and stuff. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't. I was a vegetarian as well, as well at the time. So um, I couldn't eat what everybody else was eating. I couldn't drink either. So I think they felt a little bit of a way that I was like dragging the group down and stuff. <laughs> but anyway, despite that, we made some friends and we kind of walked from our hotel to our friend's hotel. And um, I was doing their hair as well. I remember that. And so we walk and like you see those big trucks they would honk at us and stuff yeah 
And we was yeah. like, we're in the States, and it was just like, oh my God, <laughs> like, and all this kind of stuff. And then when we got to the hotel, I remember we was telling the, the lady at the desk, and she was just like, no, 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 don't do that. And she was like, did you walk from your hotel to there? And we was like, yeah. And she was like, no, baby girls, there is um, alligators in the swamps. Yes. So you're not supposed to walk there. Also, (laughs) those truckers, they kidnap girls. So don't encourage them, kind of thing. So we're just like, oh, okay. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, so everything was pretty decent. We went to the mall every day and everything until one day we were supposed to go to Disneyland. And me and my friends who I was sharing the room with, we didn't want to go. Our friends were like knocking on our door, calling us, and we just was just ignoring them. And that was the morning that September 11th happened. Oh, basically. Wow. And yeah, they were trying to wake us up to tell us that the first plane went through the um, oh, Twin Tower word. and stuff. I think we even took the phone off the hook that one. Oh, you guys are terrible. And then, no, it was bad. But I think when we put on the TV, by that time, I think the second plane had gone through. Like people were like on the ground. I had like the guy I was seeing at the time was actually in New York and he got like covered in dust and everything. Oh, like, wow. out later. But like it was so bad. Like they, um, the news story, though, was so weird. And this was what I think was my first eye-opener into the, how the media works. And actually probably helped me go on to study what I studied anyway. But, like, in the morning, they were saying it was an inside job that all these companies had, like, um, sold um, their stocks and shares and everything like that. And that everyone's covered in anthrax and all this kind of thing. But it was, like, an inside job. By the evening, it was the Taliban. Wow. And yeah, do you know what I mean? They had switched the story. Also, where we were, near where we were staying, President Bush was actually in Florida. Mm-hmm. And, I remember um, that. He got told why he was doing like this uh, yeah. talk with kids in a primary yeah, yeah, school. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, they shut down the whole thing. The mall that we went to, apparently, like, it was near one of the flight schools where some of the pilots had trained and they like shot down someone in the mall. It was cra- like it was actually crazy, and I'm just like, this is my first holiday ever. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I was just beside myself, like really, just scared, just scared of yeah. everything, basically. And like where we were, it was like flight path, but there was not a plane in the sky. It was just crazy, and I think we ended up staying maybe about five to seven days extra. They moved us. I think we even we was in like the best western. Like it was a cheap holiday. I think it would it might have been a Teletex holiday. But they put us in the um the Sheraton. I remember that. And my friend, she wasn't supposed to have her birthday there, but she did. So I remember that night. And um every day we'd have to go to the airport to see if we'd get a plane to go home. So mm. literally packing all, all your stuff, taking it, go to the airport, you know, get the like oh. these little vouchers. And that's when I started seeing like please like with like massive guns and dogs and all this kind of stuff. And I was just so uncomfortable, the whole thing. I couldn't really, but I, I remember like, I couldn't sleep on the way back. I, I was awake the whole time. Yes, I was going to say getting on a plane would have been my, yeah. Oh, would have been a freaking terrifying. Yeah. yeah, so maybe I've still got PTSD, post-traumatic stress, stress disorder. Disorder, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my holiday. Wow. I feel like we don't need to come, come finish. <laughs> that was it. That's a holiday. Wow. I, I don't know which one was first, but I had. T- I think I had two in '99. I don't know which came first. first. But the one that was the most like significant was going to New York for the very first time and my first time to America. I've been dreaming of America since I was a little kid. So it was like we got to go to America. It was '99. So a bunch of us all went. 
and we stayed in the projects and then we drank 40s we <laughs> the times that when i used to indulge in weed we smoked blunts we made sure we did every stereotypical black thing you could think of and we got to do it it came to pass i had twinkies um because you know a lifetime, of, a lifetime of reading american books i was like what the hell is a twinkie from greece twinkies and wine so um <laughs> all the things that you could ever think of that was American. We had Twizzlers, all that type of stuff. And then um, we went to a local um, park where we met these guys and it was all fun. And we had like, and then we went to like a street in Brooklyn where we stayed in Brooklyn, Canarsie. Actually, is that, that is Brooklyn in Canarsie mm-hmm. um, in the projects. And we found a street, it was really, really hot. There was a street where kids had the fire hydrants oh, going. So we literally oh, played sick. in the fire hydrants with the black children in the block and <laughs> outside the red bricks. And then there were girls playing double dutch. So we got to play. It was like the most oh, wow. black been, it's like a music literally video. Literally like a music video. And every day was like we fulfilled every goal <laughs> of being in America that you could ever think. We went to the tunnel and the tunnel was like, for those who are hip hop heads, that was a legendary hip hop club that you'd hear about on all the tunes and all the stuff. And we were proper hip hop heads. So we went to the tunnel which was, and I got, I, don't, I, I actually don't even know I got moved to or not. But all I know, this woman stood in front of me for a long time, going like that. <laughs> and I was like, okay. um, I was scared. And so we did that. We went to like um, breakfast in Chelsea, like after the club. We bumped into Fred Rowe from Onyx. And we were like, we sing. And he was like, oh, and then we didn't sing. And he was like, you can't score yourself singers. He scored off basically, but it was funny. <laughs> um, so it, just, it was just such a poster for going on holiday in New York. Everything ticked the boxes. We went to Harlem and had um, real Jamaican like jerk and dumplings, the best shit I've ever had. Um, went and got our trainers, all that type of stuff. There was no fight. One, there was a friendship group that wasn't our, my immediate friendship group, but was part of our crew. They had, a, had bickering, but other than that, we were all cool. We had like, the best time and it was a very good holiday. Even down to we saw people drive by and the guy that we were staying with or the guy that was in the block that we stayed at, who was taking us around. He showed his piece to the guys that drove past. And it was all like... Later. <laughs> it's like, if we were like white people going for like project porn, we had project porn. And it was so <laughs> satisfactory, every single thing. And we drank, 40s are disgusting, but we had to, because they look so good in the music videos. They're just pissed. Did you force them back to your homies? We did. <laughs> yeah. We actually did. Yeah. We, actually, we absolutely did. We were like, yeah, oh, wow. what homies are that? I'm not sure. I'm sure there were some homies to pour out for. Oh, and we had wow. a slice in the corner. We had to get a pizza slice on the corner. We did everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. You really did. I did yeah. That stuff. Every I, did, I, I was in New York for three months and I didn't do none of that shit. Apart from <laughs> <having> a pizza <laughs> slice. We did everything. I actually want to go through New York and do all of those things. Ooh, yeah, we same. We should do that. We should do that. We, we should do, do that. aunties on tour. Aunties <laughs> got wild. Aunties Seriously. Got so my first girly holiday, we went to Grenada. It was a bit lazy because um, obviously I'm Grenadian and I was like, let's go to Grenada. I don't even know why we decided to go there, but we went there. We went for four weeks. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I know. So there was five of us and we went for four weeks and we were like 20 when we went. And uh, I don't care about giving my age away. Um, and basically <laughs> we had a great experience. We got there. We went in a house and we got there. And we met all the local guys and everything. And we met guys on the beach. And then we knew where we could get our weed from and that sort of stuff. And we were so happy because we got weed about this big yeah. <laughs> for about what was like £2.50 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was all going really well. And then one night we must have gone out and come home. We was drunk. We went to like the local club. We went, went out, came home. And in the morning we'd been broken into. 
So like the first thing we all did was like look for our passports and everything. It wasn't, Mm. it was basically the guys from the neighborhood where we were staying, which was like near to the airport. Basically they came and robbed us, but it was so weird because they'd obviously been in the house with us. They didn't go for things that they like. We had all our our cameras, our passports weren't taken. It was almost as though they came and they just moved things around and then took a little bit of change and then left sort of thing. It wasn't like a massive, massive robbery. But anyway, mm. when that happened, I was like, fuck this, we're not staying here no more. So then I went and organised for us to stay somewhere else, which, which was not too far, but it was like right on the beach. So then the holiday took another turn and it was just amazing once again. Um, a few things happened. There wasn't that many. There was a couple of arguments, not massive ones, but obviously you're there five girls for fucking four weeks. Yeah, so it's a long be time, man. Some, yeah, man, there's going to be some conflicts. I'm surprised we didn't kill each other, but we kind of got on mostly. For the majority, we got on. A few crazy things happened. Princess Diana died when we were over there. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember, like, I came in from a rave and one of my friends hadn't gone out. And she was like, Princess Diana's dead. And I was like, shut your mouth. How can you say that? And then it was on the news. And I was like, oh, my God. And then for the rest of the holiday, people kept saying to us, oh, we're sorry for your princess. <laughs> we went to the British Embassy to sign the book of condolences for Diana because we wow. couldn't be there. And I remember we watched the funeral on the television. So all of that kind of stuff happened. But in general, it was a great holiday. I have got scars from it because I fell down probably about four flights of stairs. Why? Jesus. I can't tell you. I was either drunk or high. I don't know. But like, I fell down four <laughs> flights of stairs. Like, <laughs> but I still got the scars today. One of the other things that was a highlight of that holiday is we were smoking on the plane, if you can imagine that. Oh, we're wow. like, oh yeah! Back in the planes, and we're just smoking. Yeah, yeah. Smoke. in that confined Mad space. You have to do that. It's true. Man, I'd hate. Imagine that. I'd hate. Like, yeah, you'd be you know I'd true. be so vexed right now if that was the case. It would, so like, you was really happy when they stopped smoking in clubs. Going to like places like Dubai, where and France. Yeah, one of our Paris trips far up to either Kanye, Jay Z concert. One of them things there. Yeah. Um, we were in a club. I know. I came out coughing up and sneezing out black stuff because it was so like smoking it wasn't even like it was like you're just having a cigarette and go it they just smoke it so i actually i hate cigarettes weed dubai I, was I, worse and dubai no i that front that french club was so condensed and everyone was really smoking but dubai is worse as well dubai it's annoying but um so yeah I, i'm happy that there's no more cigarette smoking allowed it was it, just mad that we were allowed to smoke on the plane that's yeah, the that's thing mad. it was just it was You'd have to go at the back of the plane. I don't know if I... I used to smoke then, so I'm pretty yeah, sure I did. I, I feel like when we went to Tenerife, I was probably smoking. I don't mm. think I smoked on the plane, because it was 99 we went. What I was going to say that I forgot that actually one of my friends did have a, like, she had a personality switch, and it was in, I realised that some people are different in different countries. I don't 100%. Know if you've got, yeah. I don't know if you've got, if I've got friends who are different in a different country. And it's interesting, that's that whole thing about dimensions. That if you're in another space, yeah. you the person that you might be, might have been or something. Because yeah. she had a personality change. And I remember she did a few things to me that I was a bit like, what the fuck? And prior to that, we'd never had anything in those days. And so it was a bit like, and it was a trait that happened that on holiday, this person became different. slightly different. Yeah. I am a true believer yeah. and you can't go away with everybody. Yeah, right. I've had, that's I've had really with a bunch of different people mm. and there were a set people that I know I can go on holiday with that person and it's, it's going to be fine but then yeah. there are what do you think people. it is? I don't know I think it's maybe like what you said as well about people being different in different environments but also it's been 
in a yeah. confined space with people as well yeah that you're not used to being around that much yeah, see, i think that, that part, tends to put pressure on people that yeah. part makes sense to me but it, okay maybe it's the pressure then because it isn't something when people are actually different like you're not like this in london but it's not even a, it's less about maybe being in the same space and you're getting on, each, on top of each other yeah. then you can mm. walk away but it's actually when people's personalities are like who are you because that's that's and groups as well you know some people yeah, yeah. they get anxious yeah. in a group so yeah. they change who they are because yeah. the group is there and then it's like that's a different personality but they're yeah. thinking i need this personality to survive in this group true yeah, yeah. true when true. Really, yeah. you just go out raving you know you're not in a confined space like you can dance here blah, 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 so it's very true. different yeah and you get to yeah. go to your own home yeah. in your own environment yeah. and you're Definitely. comfortable yeah i can actually be a bit different because i'm i'm much more laid back on holiday like I'm just so laid complete, back. completely laid back and my like oh <laughs> what did you say yeah. are you <laughs> hey what did you say i'm not starting anything but she said are you? <laughs> <laughs> i can't really take it when people are like too structured on holiday that's not my favorite, but I'm definitely more of a peacemaker. Like if we're in a group, I'm trying to keep the peace. Yeah, just be chill. most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm like me too. Let's solve this. I Let's think see. what happens to me on holiday, I do want to please everybody as well. I have that mad element about me. Like if someone oh, was yeah. to do something, I'm like, well, maybe we could do this later. Let's do this bit first, <laughs> and then we'll go and do that afterwards. You know, we can all do everybody. what we want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have that thing. <laughs> But I'm with you. I don't like at five ten p.m. We're going to go here and do this shit. I don't. Yeah. The thing is, I don't mind an itinerary. Just don't force me <laughs> to be a part of every part yes. of the itinerary if I don't want to be. Yeah. I know, actually, when we went to, we friends of us went to a bunch of us went to Miami. It gets to the point where you go to America. All you do is go find the shops, shop, 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 and there's no other cultural thing. And not that I'm a whole like let's do a museum. So I, I don't mind that depending on the place we are. So I was a bit like I really need to go to Monkey Jungle because I saw it <laughs> and I saw like Monkey Jungle and I love monkeys. So I know that the girls were like, we don't want to go. But then I was like, come on, I can really, and I think, I didn't do the guilt trip, but I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go because I really want to go. So you know, that kind of makes everyone feel like, okay, we've got to go. And I'm not that person, but I just really wanted to go. And I was tired of going shopping. So they were like, okay. It was a, one of those mad journeys where we got the cab stopped before we got to the destination. We had to wait for a bus. We were on some long dirt road, didn't get there in time. Then we finally got there and we had the greatest time of our lives. And everyone was like, Thank you for making us go to Monkey Jungle. It <laughs> so it was redeeming in the end, but I just wanted a break from the monotony. And sometimes that's the thing with groups as well. Like when everyone's on one thing yeah, and you want to do something else and everyone's on it, especially you know, if like everyone's got their Cody on holiday or Weedies yeah. or whatever. But then if you're everyone that you are like closer to wants to go and do everything and you're a bit like, mm. Do you know what gets my gut as well? Like just probably more in later years, but all the photos, man, like yes. I'm so not interested. <laughs> I'm so I'm not interested person. at all. Yeah. And like I will duck out. I will do everything not to be involved in that whole process of let's take a thousand pictures yeah. in this one space. Like every five minutes. I'm not yeah. interested at all. I will take bad pictures on purpose. <laughs> so you don't ask me to take the picture. Like I'm not interested. I hate it actually. In fact, it's actually made some holidays like really. Like, yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like, oh, God, man. Yeah, like, I can't take the thousand pictures. I think, I think when we, 
been away okay i think we've been it's never it doesn't feel forced to me no no it doesn't ever feel forced to me and then what tends to happen is like everyone shares their pictures because it's not like let's do it now let's do it now that would get on my nerves and also when i'm on holiday i'm drunk most of the time anyway so (laughs) i start drinking from the airport basically Yeah, been, I haven't gone on holiday with you, Auntie Shade. I've been on holiday with everybody else, and it's been oh, lovely. Oh, yeah, you haven't. Blah, blah, That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Auntie's gone wild. We have to. So. I hope that won't be the last podcast afterwards. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we went on holiday. <laughs> we didn't all make it. Unfortunately, <laughs> AK, Auntie AK started acting like she was um, rejected from the group. Um, okay, so. <laughs> we should do diaries as well. Yeah, video diaries. Yeah, video diaries. So they've gone shopping, and I just have to say, fucking hell, guys. Do you know what made me laugh about your thing about Florida? I Mm. went to Florida about two months after 9-11. That was the first time I'd been to Florida. And we drove from Orlando to Miami, and Mm. along the way, the police stopped us, and they came with rifles. And they were, I don't know, they made us stand outside, but then they had telling us stuff about the alligators, and all that kind yeah. of shit. And the house that we stayed in, they told us that we need to shut our gates because there's like alligators and shit like that. It was like, fucking hell, mate. I don't want to go Florida, you know. You don't. Huh? Bear, bear madness happens in Florida. Yeah, you see Florida's all that. Florida man, Florida man, Florida woman kills yeah. Florida, yeah, Florida yeah, man yeah, eats yeah. a yeah. dick. Like, yeah. Yeah. no, nobody. Yeah. Isn't that where be. Tiger King's from as well? Yeah. In Florida. Yeah. yeah. And, and Trump. You have to help him. That's it's where Trump he's, from Florida. He, not from there, but he's that's where he's got um Trump's golf courses are. And in maybe yeah. Is it Mar Lago in Florida, isn't it? I think so, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miami had the like the, the thing like it's Miami from hip hop again, very influenced by hip hop. Let's go to Miami and Clark. I've never been Miami, you know. Oh, it's I went fun. Miami for it's a day. Fun. Oh no, I'm lying. Oh, I f- completely forgot. I did go to Miami a couple of years ago. Yeah. It was one of the best trips I ever had. Miami's fun. It's a great, there's a club called, well, there was a club called Mansion and everybody was in there. Oh, we met Mansion. Yeah, there's Mansion and there's Bed with the beds. And yeah, yeah. On the show, yeah. we had a hotel, Astor, that we used to stay at regularly. Miami's nice. But mm. You guys there, have lived. I haven't lived, man. No. But New York's my, you know, what's our um, restaurant, Nan's, Justin's. Ju- yeah. Not Justin's. No, Junior's. No, Joy, Junior's. What am I talking Junior's. about? Junior's. Uh, oh, on our new. Oh no, that was another New York trip. Sorry, I was going to say we went Justin's P Diddy's restaurant before it shut down. Also went there too for a New York experience. Anyway, off that. It's now time for. Hey, I'm Auntie Shade. You're listening to your aunties could never. It's almost time to wrap up. Before we do, aunties, what's made you sad, mad, or glad? You know what's made me sad, mad, and glad? All in one. Sad that I listened to you witches and put grapes in the freezer. Mad. How did you do it? Oh, well done. Mad, because when I ate them, I knew I was right. Freaking disgusting. But you tried. Uh-huh. Well Glad done. that I was right all the all along. Because no, you I, tried. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm really proud of you. Of you. I, I feel like you liked it, personally. You're just like, trying to make me end on mad. And I'm not going to try to say it. You know what? It tasted mushy and bitter. And I'm like, I know I like ice. Bitter? Yeah, it tasted bitter to me. Like, it just changed the texture and the, it just made mm. no sense. I like ice. Just accept. I like the taste. It's of not good for you. It's just it's not good for you. At least you tried it. Did you finish all yes. of the grapes that you put in the freezer? No. I had two. And I was like, this is dumb. Who had ones? What? 
Maybe you have to. Yeah, it's true. No, no, no. Don't, don't make me mad. It's you can like, put them in. Like when you have a warm glass of wine, you can pop them in. That defeats the purpose of having you lot suggesting that ice grapes will be a replacement. I know, but multi purpose. Like two bad ones. To be honest. Seriously. Or well, maybe, yeah, you maybe need to get sweeter grapes to start yeah. with. You lot are actually making me mad. Yeah. yeah. You're making Seriously. me mad. I'm not glad anymore. I'm actually fucking mad. <laughs> Someone go before I get explode. <laughs> I'm sad because uh, Brianna Taylor's case still doesn't have any arrests. I'm very sad about that. I'm mad also because of that and the hangings and Boris Johnson. I was mad at him earlier because he didn't want to give kids free lunches over mm. the summer, but he's changed his mind now, so I'm less mad at him. And I think I'm, oh, I was supposed to be glad because my washing machine was supposed to come today. Well, lo and behold, oh, no. it's not here. Oh, no. So. It may come tomorrow. It may come tomorrow. We'll be see. Hopeful, hopeful. So what do I have with glad? I think my glad, my glad is that we've gone live. That's my glad <laughs> for the first time. And it's been all right. How many viewers have we had? Does anybody know? I think about uh, four. In total? I yeah. don't know. But it was at like seven. Oh, you know, that's so cute. Hi, hi guys. Are watching our these, are super, these are super cute numbers. We didn't that's advertise yes. or anything. That's lovely. Yes. Thank you for Thank you. Well, goodness. Love you guys. Thank yes. you. I am sad. I'm sad for Misha B's experiences. Yeah. I'm mad, Madden at the response of Talisa and this latest white boy jizz. Oh my god. Well. That sounds so like nasty. It's a ridiculous name that he came up for himself. <laughs> I'm glad that we've gone live. That's good because we've done something that we have been talking about doing for ages. Mm -hmm. I'm also really glad that shops are opening and normality is being restored. Yesterday, I went to the hair shop. It is the local hair shop, but the guy has done me a good like turn a couple of times. Like, he's helped me out with some orders and stuff. So although it's not black owned, just forgive me. Remember, I'm working towards getting that all sorted out and, okay. and beating the addiction. So I went back there mm -hmm. and I bought some new hair from them and had a good chat with them and just kind of like reasoned over what they've been doing in this time of, of the shop being closed and stuff. And it was a nice day chatting to the local hair shop owners. But I am going to find a really good black owned supplier. So black people, I'm there with you. Okay. This was yeah. my last time. I, I was saying bye, if anything. It was a farewell. <laughs> farewell chat. I'm glad yeah. you've admitted your so far. <laughs> so I'm saying you've got Talisa, take note. You just gotta be up front. You just, just gotta own it. Own it. Just... I am mad about Pretty Patel. Again, I'm mad. Oh no. What's she done now? What's she done now? On this past weekend, the EDL went and said they're going to march to protect the statues. And they broke out in, in fights. They were fighting police. There's like footage of them everywhere fighting the people that did go for Black Lives Matter march. Um, and she came out and she said, oh, it's, I'm against all this thuggery. But then she said it was just a small minority of people. Oh. Mm. I'm like, bitch, please. Like, 
small minority of people. It was every fucking bastard that went there from the EDL. No one went there peacefully. You got pictures of my man pissing on a monument. You got right. them antagonizing the police officers who are actually standing there protecting said statues. You've got mm. them trying to rush all these black people. And what made me glad was the fact that a lot of the black people that were that they were there to protest against mm. helped them, stopped them from being massively, massively injured. There's a, a picture of a guy that carried somebody who'd been left by his people. He carried him like a fireman lift to safety, to the safety of the police. And that picture has gone viral. It's everywhere. I saw it on CNN. They interviewed him. Yeah. I saw him. I've seen it everywhere. And that to me makes me very glad because once again, it just shows these fucking saddos, sad about that, that they're dumb. You lot are dumb. Your excuses are dumb. And it's all coming out to light now. There we go. That's what I've got to say. Pretty Patel, fuck off. <laughs> and that's it. Do hit us up on Instagram and let us know what's made you sad, mad and glad. If you want to follow the aunties, here's how you can. You can follow me, Auntie AK, on all social media platforms at The British Blacklist. You can follow me, Auntie Nana, on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest and Twitter at Love Yaya. You can follow me, Auntie Shade, at Shade Salami on all platforms. And you can follow me, Auntie Farah, on Instagram at FarOutProductions77. And that's our show. You've been listening to Your Aunties Could Never podcast, hosted by The British Blacklist. Please listen to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other listening platforms. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as Your Aunties Could Never. Please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. See you later. <laughs>